Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, just before we get started, I'm pretty sure I never said the episode we are talking about at the beginning of this episode, and it is Teen Mom 2, Season 5, Episode 10. It's called We Belong Together. Also, there is a little bit of background noise in the beginning from Tomlin cooking, but we had to start a full hour late because of my stupid technical difficulties, so Tomlin had to do what she had to do, okay? Anyway, let's get on to the episode. Also, because of said technical difficulties, this was recorded on Skype, so the audio just isn't as good, you know, as the incredible audio level, level's not the right word, but the incredible audio that I've been putting out lately. <laughs> Bear with me, guys. I had a, like, an incomplete epic meltdown in the hour that I was having technical t- technical difficulties. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Um, as I said in last episode, I'm recording these out of order, but I'm going to try and remember to say this in the episode that I record later this week. Uh, I am doing a throwback this week. My producer is on vacation, so I'm recording a couple episodes in advance. And thankfully, I had a brilliant idea to do a throwback episode, and I have been meaning to have my guests on for a while, but I've been really lazy with scheduling guests lately. As you guys probably have noticed, I haven't had a guest on in a while. And finally, I was able to schedule some time with Tomlin. So hi, Tomlin. Hey, finally getting the respect and recognition I deserve back again for the 2019. (laughs) It's honestly the main reason that I never want to like get guests on is because I never want to lock myself down to when I have to do this podcast. Uh, yeah, it's harder to procrastinate anything when you've like told people that you're doing it. That's why I like announced plans I have so that there's like more shame associated with not doing it. <laughs> yeah, like I just have been, I don't know, it's been like a hectic two or three months for me just with like sitting down. That was and like such a longer this. time frame than I was thinking you were going to say. I thought well, no, because like, it was a tough week, but you're just like this whole quarter. Woof. I mean, it. yeah, it's been a hard quarter. The issue is, is that I usually, if I have a guest on, I record Friday nights. But as Tomlin knows, my allergies have been, like, so fucking bad for, like, six months. And by the time Friday comes, I'm so tired that I don't want to, like, commit to doing anything on Friday nights. And then I, like, record kind of last minute on Saturdays. It's just been a mess as far as, like, having guests on and having allergies that are literally killing me. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like it would be tough for most people, but you're Liz Bentley, so you have it under control, naturally. I mean, kind of. But we just, I decided, and then Tomlin agreed to do it, uh, that I picked kind of a random episode, but I was like, you know what episode I don't think I've seen since it aired? Kale and Javi's Wedding. And I will say this episode was a little less drama than I expected it to be, but it was still nice to watch. Like I liked being in this episode because it was kind of, um, I would say this was the transition season of Teen Mom 2. 
where we were like setting up a lot of storylines that then will carry through for like the next few seasons. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked is not the word, but I was kind of like, oh, this was the beginning of not only Kale and Javi's marriage, but it was the beginning of Janelle and Nathan. And I didn't realize the timelines overlapped in that way because it had been so long. Yeah, and it was the beginning of Chelsea kind of, okay, this is when Chelsea had like lost the weight. She had dyed her hair red. She had started doing her makeup in the way that she still does it to this day. Um, I would, I think she might have met Cole off camera uh, in this season. And this is like- yeah. This is the end of Leah and Jeremy. We're, like, starting to see that really demise. And you realize that, like, this season especially is kind of just, like, like the next, like, four years of these girls' lives, like, really ride on, like, what happens in this season. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this, like, where they're at right now is modern teen mom. But I would say that this is, like, the part where people actually remember. I feel like everything from, like, the seasons and time before this kind of gets lost in a weird ether. And people will post stuff to Reddit that's like, yes, of course, we know this happened. And they're like, I never saw this before. Is this like, what? Yeah, it really, yeah, you're right. Because it's not like old, old Teen Mom. And it's not what I would call modern Teen Mom, which I never thought of in that terms. But yeah, modern Teen Mom would be like post-Jeremy, post-Hobby, married to Cole uh, with David Teen Mom, right? And Brianna yeah. being on. I get actually I would say like Brie coming on probably is like officially modern teen mom. Yeah, that's where it went to like full bizarro world. Yeah. And it's like this is a new show, a new terrible show that we're still watching. Mm, that we're still watching, although God bless Jade. Thank God for Jade. I mean, I don't even like I'm gonna be honest with the viewers. I know some of you will be like crestfallen to hear this because of my history, but I ain't watching new episodes of Teen Mom anymore. Like, <laughs> I see what I need to see in the clips. If anything is crazy, like when Ryan drove high or when Janelle pulled a gun, like of course I'm, fucking course I'm gonna tune in. The clips, Turn the fuck on. The but clips like, are incredible. Like how they've streamlined the important cl- one minute and thirty seven second clips online is everything. It's because I know they fucking yeah. know. <laughs> But it's so great. Like, you don't, honestly, if you listen to this podcast and you really, like, I say something's really crazy, like, you really don't even have to get on the episode. Like, go on the MTV Teen Mom, like, uh, Instagram account and, like, on their IGTV or whatever. I bet they have, like, all of these clips. Oh, yeah. And if they don't, trust me, the fandom has. Yeah. It's on Reddit somewhere. (laughs) Someone has screen recorded. (laughs) Honestly, that's, like, one of my favorite things about 2019. Like, when stuff happened on, like, TV, do you know how much reality TV gold happened in, like, 2004 when YouTube yeah. still ran on fucking dial-up and no one knew? Uh, yeah, and you can't, like, access it anymore? It sucks. I was just you know thinking the other night how much I wanted to watch the show that used to be on MTV called Sorority Life, which I did rewatch a couple years ago in, like, four-minute YouTube segments. <laughs> Because, you know, when you find really old shit on YouTube from when they used to have, like, time limit up, like, time limit. Yes, and everything is in parts, parts one of four. Yeah, but, like, even earlier, before it was, like, ten minutes, these clips are uploaded in, like, seriously, like, three minute and 30 second segments. (laughs) And you just, like. I think that that might be, like, too far back in the ether of my childhood to even, like, fully appreciate. That that is probably true because you're so, so young, Tomlin. Not so, so young, but that <laughs> five years really made a difference with the way technology moved. 
Yeah, very much so. Because the stuff that I want to watch that was uploaded to YouTube, like the stuff I want to watch from like 2003 that was uploaded to YouTube, like right in 2006 when it got popular or whatever, whatever year that was, um, that nobody has tried to re-upload since. (laughs) (laughs) No one but you has cared for. You were in fucking AOL chat rooms when I was like still learning my letters and stuff. You know what? That's true. (laughs) I was like getting stalked by a man. No, Julia was getting stalked. Cousin Julia was getting stalked by a man when you were in diapers. <laughs> I mean, that just the world that we have grown up in, and people think that it's scary now. <laughs> At least people like have I don't know enough wisdom to be a little discerning now. Uh, you would think, but then Sophia Abraham and her internet access. <sighs> I okay. My I said that. I said it on this week's episode, which is, like, now going to be three weeks ago. But, like... I'm sorry. I'm, like, dropping shit in the background. (laughs) My apologies. Sophia and Vera, like, are just on such another level that it's almost not even interesting to me now. Because it's just... It's just so disconnected from reality. It's so sad and weird that it's, like, I don't even really care about this that much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even care to watch Sophia's weird TikTok because... It's just, I think there's a level of it being so insane that it's like, I don't know. I think what makes Team Mom interesting to me is that it's not that far removed from reality. <laughs> Sophia's like a really fucked up version of Eloise in the plaza in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, does that She's make like, sense? Like, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's 100% my truth on Sophia. It's like but the it's sweet life even... of Zach and Cody, except so, so dark, and the mom gets fired from, like, the cruise ship singing job. Yeah, and it, but, like, my thing is it's not even that interesting because it's just so crazy and dark. Like, what makes the other ones interesting is that they're, I don't know, they're a step away from being my life in a way. Yeah, if you just got a little bit trashier. Yeah, and, like, had some different life circumstances like, we could all potentially be a kale. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, but with Farrah and Sophia, it's so far out there that it's like, this could never be anything close to my reality, which makes it boring in a way. And it's just constantly too shocking that, that it's become boring. Like, the shock value is boring now. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, Farrah was at, like, what, that pumpkin patch? yesterday with that fucking like green hair and it's just kind of like mm, yep yeah what is it yeah saturday yep that's her and every time they like post some weird gross thing that Sophia's doing that's totally inappropriate it's like yep seen it before <laughs> uh, sad and Sophia has like five inch stiletto acrylics on just what a world what a world i know but to be fair leah did that to her kids first <laughs> uh, she did and like Okay, this is going to sound really weird, but, like, Sophia's nails were still, like, more poppin'. Because the twins not only had acrylic nails that were completely inappropriate for, like, what, a third, fourth grader, whatever they are, but also yeah. theirs were really, like, tacky looking. They looked very West Virginia, which made it worse. Oh, Sophia's nails cost $85. <laughs> yeah, and the twins clearly had, like, a seventeen ninety nine special, which I am not here to hate on. I am from South Los Angeles, baby. Like, I will take a cheap set of acrylics. 
but they had that blunt cut like they were working as like i don't know bookkeepers for a jewelry store it's fucking weird <laughs> that's so specific and i know you exactly, know exactly what, you mean. what i mean though <laughs> we should t- let's start with leah because i thought she had the most boring segment this episode that we watched but in a way it like just showed everything lo- that was wrong with Leah and Jeremy, and it's why it's like interesting <laughs> now in context. Everything that was wrong with Leah's life, and also made Corey look like an uber good guy. So it was a really good summary for like the next like four season arc for Leah. Corey was so funny in this episode when she was trying to like goss with him, and he was like, "Okay, like don't care." Yeah, like can you fuck off so hard so basically the crux of this episode is that jeremy accepted a job in new mexico and he turned down a local opportunity they didn't really like i couldn't fully understand what it was but i guess it was maybe working for like the gas company in west virginia i would guess he was basically um be like a utility worker which is a good job it's but it's not it's not oil money basically like he's used to yeah, like Leah and the kids are used to as well at this point. This episode is just like when Leah now talks is like Jeremy and I have always gotten along. It's like you and Jeremy have never been on the same page about anything except when you fuck. Yeah, and not even that because you're out here on the deer cam. <laughs> never forget the deer cam, Liz. Never forget the deer cam. But she's definitely like not. She wants us to believe something that is not true, which is. You know, she's like, well, Jeremy promised he would never go that far away. And I'm like, did he? I feel like I feel like that was something where Leah said, mm, you would never go too far, right? And he's like, no, baby, I'll always be close enough to come to your rescue. Yeah. Uh, one thing I found very interesting is remembering how young Leah is in this episode. And we're like watching the demise of her second marriage. That is insane. Wait, also... This is, like, I don't even know if this is awful of me, but in the very fucking beginning of the episode when they first cut to Leah's segment and Mama Don is, like, feeding Addie, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever the fuck, I thought that that was Leah. And I was just like, whoa, I do not remember Leah being that puffy right after she had Addie. But in my mind, I was like, well, the baby is still young, so I've become so much nicer with age. <laughs> because I was like, oh, the baby's still so small. Of course, she's still a little puffy. And then Leah walked in, and I was like, oh, shit, that's Don, because I feel like Leah's been aging badly and looking more like Don lately. Yeah, well, I think Leah suffers from that thing where she's too thin, and her face shows it. Basically. Oh, you mean Chelsea Huska syndrome? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a reality. Like, if you are extremely, extremely thin, like, your face is going to show every single line. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just the way her fucking face is. And she's always been an extraordinarily thin person, so I'm not going to get on her yeah. about it. Because she was stick skinny. Yeah, no, I don't think she's thin. too thin because she's, like, starving herself. But she's just one of those people that's very thin and it shows every line on her face. Yeah. I mean, eh, is what it is. She has twins and is in better shape than me, so fuck it. Yeah, and you know what? That girl's never worked out a day in her fucking life. She has, oh, Leah's never. like, what's a gym? I feel like Leah, like, went on a hike with, like, Jason or some shit. Like, that's some stuff oh, I they could did. see her doing. No, they literally did. I bet Jason was like, do you want to go to the gym? And Leah was like, to do what? <laughs> right? Like, and you know what? More fucking power to her. She never eats a vegetable. Like body works, and then fuck yeah. 
You know, she never eats a vegetable, ever. Vegetables. She looks great. Fuck, fuck vegetables. Fuck working out. But, 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 you see what her mommy looks like. And you see what her sister <laughs> looks like. So, will it always be that way for Leah? I don't know. Probably not. Menopause might hit her like a ton of bricks, but. Don't so I, like. Lock down at least her fourth husband by then, so I'm not too worried about you, girl. Dawn was, like, her iconic self in this episode, where Leah is, like, ranting and raving about Jeremy, and Dawn's like, well, what'd y'all agree to when you got married? (laughs) (laughs) How many kids does Dawn have again? Leah's the oldest of three, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And she looks like a smooth, like, 55 at the age of, like, 36. I can see why she's just kind of, like... Do oh, you, yeah. Leah. I made my own mistakes already. She's what, like 42 years old in this yes. season? Actually, if how that... old is Leah? Because I still don't think that Don is like close to knocking on 50. No, I don't think so. Leah should be what? They're like 28 now? 27? Yeah, if I'm 26, that makes Leah like 27 because I think she's like one of the younger ones. Yeah, she is. And so she's, and Don was 36 when the twins were born, I think. Yeah, wild. So still, like, not, not 50. I would be unsurprised if Dawn right now is 48 years old. Yeah, which is crazy because my mom is, like, 63 and I'm younger than Leah is. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) And, I mean, the Dawn, Dawn's lived a hard life. She has. But I guess my mom is also, like, kind of older for having a kid my age because my brother is so much older than I am. Yeah. Because she was always, like, one of the older moms when I mm-hmm. was, like, in school. My mom was, like, 35 when I was born. Yeah. So other people's moms were young and lit, and my mom, like, had a master's degree and took care of me well. Like, <laughs> not that younger people don't, but, like, if we're counting blessings. <sighs> you got the benefit. I think my mom, my mom was, like, average, because I think she was, like, 31 when she had me. Yeah, I think my mom was kind of on the getting older side, but I still have, like, friends with much older parents. Yeah, and I would also say, like, for my area, my mom was probably, you know what I mean? Like, I think in some people, like, I would say now, like, 31 is even almost on the younger side for your second kid. Yeah, well, just heavily depending on where you are. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, from where I live, like, a lot of my friends are in their 30s and, like, are just now having their first kid. Yeah, now that I'm older, like, like my mom, most of my friends went to college and aren't really thinking of having kids. But my mom also had my brother in college. Yeah. So she kind of had the best of both worlds. The best of both worlds. Yeah. Um. So Jeremy basically, like, got this job offer. Leah found out by going through his phone. <laughs> Just a pinnacle of trust in a relationship. Like, Leah's 100% right here about the thing that she was like, he didn't even, like, talk to me about it. Like, that he had this opportunity, but I guess from where Jeremy's sitting, he's like, it wasn't even an option. Yeah, like, I wasn't going to take it, so why would I get your hopes up, like, talking about it? Like, it's something we're going to do. Also, it's kind of crazy to see Jeremy with the twins, because he really was just, like, a flash in the pan of those girls' lives. Yeah, and he seems, like, compared to, like, it was interesting because they had the Javi and Isaac relationship played up mm-hmm. on the wedding episode, <laughs> and then you see, like, the other stepdad relationship where Jeremy is literally trying to get as far away from those children as he can. Yeah, well, and to be fair, Jeremy cumulatively spent 72 days with the twins. 
<laughs> yeah, right? If literally How if that. How many of those were they at Corey's? Yeah, also that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, how many of those weeks? Because this, especially, especially then, because the girls were still going there on weekends. We'll be right back after a quick break. So let's knock that down to 42 days that he spent with those girls. I really would be interested to know, like, how the twins feel about Jeremy. Because, you know, my mom has, like, boyfriends and relationships where it's Mm -hmm. just like, well, fuck that guy. Not thinking about him again. But those guys were, like, never my siblings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because I think that they, I don't know, I think any guy that Leah is hooking up with and they know about, they're, like, into the idea of Leah being with him. Yeah, I think that's, like, a very kid thing. You're into it or you don't like it. Yeah, and so I think, like, I bet they kind of just, like, are, like, yeah, we like Jeremy, but don't even think about the fact that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they have no real, like, frame of, yeah, frame that, like, they don't have the perspective of him, like, oh, he was our stepdad. Probably He's not. just Addie's just dad. like, he was Addie's dad. Yeah, because they just were not around him that much. Yeah, and they've also always had, I think it makes a really big difference that they've always had the stable figure of Corey as their father. Mm-hmm. So there was never, not that there wasn't emotional room for Jeremy, because obviously you look at Isaac with Javi and Joe, and that's mm. not the case, especially yeah. in the hearts of children. But yeah. like, there just really wasn't a cemented place of Jeremy in their life. It was just kind of like, he lives here and, you know, leaves for several months and then he comes back and... Now, like, mom is making ravioli at midnight and yelling at him. But Loki, he's the guy who, like, cleans up the house, so. Speaking of that, I thought it was interesting. I think these segments are kind of interesting because Leah still seems, like, pretty put together. But by Leah's own timeline, she's, like, already deep in an opioid addiction at this time. I was thinking about that because in the preview for the next episode, they had like Leah saying like, now my husband wants to get up and leave me again. (laughs) And it's kind of just like, ooh, this has not aged well for you, Leah. Also, your first husband didn't up and leave you. You cheated on him. (laughs) And then divorced him first. But okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, she looks pretty good. She sounds pretty good. But we know that she got hooked on the pills after Addie was born. Yeah, I will say that, like, just knowing what I know now, like, back then I thought that Leah was just being fucking dramatic, but when they had that one conversation they had on the porch, and she got, like, super triggered and started, like, crying and screaming like a lunatic Mm -hmm. into the mic, I was kind of like, this does not strike me as stable, I don't know if this is, like, even a result of, like, opioid addiction, but Homegirl is not in a good place, and, like, that just really stood out to me as, like... Mm, yeah yeah for sure it was just um it was like one of those things where you realize how bad they were from the beginning and how Leah needs somebody that is like so open and I think Leah needs somebody and I think this is what she thought she had with Jason and then she realized Jason was actually like more controlling than she thought it was going to be but I think that Leah just wants somebody that and needs somebody that can kind of like hold her hand and like guide her through life and basically like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think um she needs somebody that's like a little more assertive than Cole, but somebody that tell her what she needs to do. 
but like yeah. nicely. But it like with the same level of like obsession that Cole has and like but I think she needs somebody that's going to like guide her through life. And I think Jeremy was so not suited to do that and will never be suited to do that. I don't think so either and like I don't know how to say this without sounding fucked up, but I just feel like they're, and y'all know, if you've listened to this show when I've been on here before, y'all know I don't like Chelsea. Fuck Chelsea. (laughs) But I just feel like there's something about her naturally that makes her more likely to find that person than Leah. Like, I feel like Leah Leah could find another husband easy. Like, I'm not, Leah's fine looking she has a nice body uh she's rich as fuck in a poor area she's rich in a poor area her kids are like older and not at like the most annoying age possible yeah so she can date yeah so and like Corey is very involved jeremy is very involved so like the person who she gets with is not going to see her kids as as much of a burden she has money the kids fathers have money like i think she could find another husband but like I feel like she'd probably find another man like Jeremy, like Corey, that kind of likes to be in charge, but is maybe a little emotionally distant and like Mm -hmm. is the breadwinner in a household more than she'll find like a psychophant like Cole. Because that's what Cole is. And I think that Chelsea is like an it girl and always was. That's who she's become on MTV. I feel like that's who she probably was in high school, despite the way I may feel about her and her presentation. And mm-hmm. Cole seems like a guy who was like, oh, this is a deep cut about Chelsea and Cole, but I feel like Cole was always like, I said this on Reddit once. He was like that guy in high school, the like, can I have a hug guy? Yeah. Like very harmless, always kind of cute, never really had a girlfriend because he was kind of weird and dorky. So none of the actual cute girls really wanted to be like seen with him, but he didn't really want like the unpopular girls. Like, And he kind of just, like, lucked into a Chelsea. And she had a kid, and that's why she was kind of more accessible to him. Mm -hmm. But he reminds me of that guy who gives you a hug in high school and then picks you up all the way off the ground. (laughs) And it's awkward and weird, and it's kind of like, okay, why'd you do that? But he just looks at you so pleased with a big smile after he does. And it's kind of like, like, I feel, I there were several guys like this at my high school. I feel like they exist at every single high school. I want you guys to know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. He was totally that guy, and I feel like Leah just doesn't, like, have that it thing to get, like, one of those guys who's going to obsessively worship her in the same way. But Mm -hmm. I feel like she could get a husband who wants, like, a nice little wife at home that she could, like, get along with if she just learned to stand on her own two feet as a person. That would be, like, nice and attainable for her. Yeah, I just don't think she is ever really going to learn to stand on her own two feet as a person. Yeah, such as Teen Mom. That's why we're here discussing. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, basically the whole episode with Leah is just her and Jeremy fighting. Jeremy won't go to counseling. He does say he's going to make $40,000 in five weeks in New Mexico, which is, like, wild. Right? Wild. Especially when you take that money back to West Virginia. Yeah. Stretch but did you notice he said, he said, if we save it all? I think they've like they're already deep in whatever you know what I mean like deep in the shit. Yeah, thinking of saving all of that money is kind of a like we're underwater and I need like a fast cash type move. Yeah, because like they're already at a low cost of living. Leah's making they're making money on T Mom at this point. You know what I mean? And where so like why I don't know just the way he said it and if we save it I could think about getting a job around here. 
like made me think like, mm, what's going on with team mom? Like, or what's going on with their spending? And we see later, like that it's totally out of control. And Leah's, I mean, has her spending problem, aka her mm-hmm. pill addiction. But it really made me think like, oh, they're spending money, these two. Yeah. Definitely just very weird verbiage around a lot of the things. And we now know that there was a lot bubbling under the surface. And I think Corey could also see that, which is why he didn't really want to engage. Yeah, I think that Corey by this point, well, I think Corey knew the whole time, like her marrying Jeremy was crazy. Yeah, it was definitely a choice. Oh my God, we should have done an episode about that wedding. (laughs) Leah leaning out of that fucking limo window going, break it down while they like dance down the aisle. (laughs) Which Kale and Javi were at, but we didn't see because it was pre-fourth wall breaking. Honestly, good for Kale and Javi for not being like filmed at that travesty. (laughs) I would pretend I was never there. (laughs) I did like that there were multiple scenes of the twins eating Lunchables. <laughs> oh my gosh, I like that they were complaining every time, too. Well, like, the first one, we got the famous, this isn't food, from Allie. <laughs> and then, like, Allie saying she didn't like the, like, cookies on her pizza. That was so cute. <laughs> the girls like, were really... And cheese. You like it, and it's just like, no, she doesn't. The girls were really cute. Gracie was running around and, like, a tube top, like a sh- a skirt, like a sequin skirt, one UGG boot, and like a different shoe. As Leah's the like the part hysteric. that I love the most is that underneath the sequin skirt, she was like, it was like a black sequin like grass hula skirt, and she had like neon green like spandex underneath it. And she was like running around in this like insane outfit as Leah's like having a breakdown. Yeah, and Jeremy just totally was speaking to Gracie like nothing was out of the ordinary at all. That was the funniest part to me is that she like ran up to him talking and he wasn't like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Where are all of your clothes? This was like the cute. All the kids were so cute in this episode. They were, and Aubrey was at her cutest because they oh, didn't air my- her bratty footage. No, she was so fucking cute. But yeah, I think that's really it for Leah. There wasn't, um, oh, so I do want to talk. So Leah drops the girls off, you know, her and Corey do their drop off scene. And it was just so funny because Leah like starts to talk to Corey and Corey. It's, you can tell so much. He's like trying to be polite. And like, Leah's like, well, he got offered a job here and it's a gas job. And Corey goes, oh, that's a good job. And then she goes, yeah, but he didn't take it. He didn't even talk to me about it. And Corey's like, oh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, just very, very cautious about his language and what he may say about any of this. And at one point he's like, yeah, he's got to feed his family. (laughs) And Lee's like, the job here will feed us. And he's like, oh, let me like back out of this as fast as I can. Yeah, Corey was like, I'm actually not in this marriage anymore, so I don't have to do this. Yeah, plus, like, you know Corey's person that, like, genuinely, one of the rare people on this earth that, like, genuinely does not care to gossip. Which, like, is a type of person I will never understand, but good for him for being that kind of person, because he makes up for, like, all of the people like me on this earth. 
Absolutely. But you know, like when somebody starts gossiping with Corey, he's like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> like walks away. People I hate that like tries to play devil's advocate with me when I'm like talking shit. And it's like, no, you don't I'm understand. Even... They're the devil. I'm not even sure he like will go that deep. Like to play like, well, are you sure? Like, are you sure about that? I think he'll he just will give you like an I don't know. <laughs> I could see that, but like I feel like if you're talking about like something ridiculous, like your cousin in the military who met this girl and got married like two weeks later and it's already like a trashy mess and he'll be like, Well, you know, sometimes people just find love and it's not our place to like I feel like he's one of those types. Yeah, I can see that. It's either that or he hears that and he goes, Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe like a slide chuckle and just sips his beer. Yeah, and just like, it's just, I, that, another reason why he and Leah were so bad together. But I just thought it was so funny that he was just like so obviously not into gossip. I'm like, Leah, call one of your friends. <laughs> Corey isn't your friend. And you left Corey for Jeremy, basically. Like you remember, like she like did that thing where she was like deciding she was going to get back together with Corey or not like, when she and Jeremy got pregnant for the first time. Like, Corey doesn't want to hear about Jeremy. Yeah, and Corey and Jeremy were, like, allegedly friends or whatever. Yeah, right, because that's... like, had fake beef over Leah or some shit. I don't know. So it's just kind of like, why are you so messy, Leah? Because Leah, like, was like, well, maybe I can get positive attention from Corey. Her last name is literally Messer. I don't even know why I asked that. It's a good last name. I've never really thought about that, but yeah, it's suited. It's uh, suiting for her, fitting, not suiting. Um. Okay, let's talk about Chelsea, who graduates from esthetician school this week. Woo! So when I say like turn, this is a transition episode. I think especially for Chelsea. Like, you can tell that Chelsea in this episode is much more of the Chelsea we know today than the Chelsea seasons, like, one, two, and three. Yes, definitely. She is kind of, like, just very recognizable, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. Not even aesthetically, yes. necessarily, but just, like, everything about her and her whole vibe that she's doing. You can tell, I would say that this episode, since you mentioned the transition aspect, is very, like, Chelsea is trying at this point to set herself up as like the super mom with her shit together. And she says like more than once that she wants to set an example for Aubrey and show her the Mm -hmm. right path, even though she had her young and you can just tell that she's very insecure about her role as a mother and like the things that she's doing Mm -hmm. and is Mm -hmm. kind of like talking herself up about them, which makes sense because she goes on to spend the next like five years crafting a very curated image of things because she wants the world and I guess Aubrey to an extent to see her as like this put together person even yes. though she had a child at 18 because she wasn't fucking 16 that's a thing that people a thing that people say all the time that really gets me because that bitch was a full-grown adult during a lot of the stuff that was happening where Kate <laughs> was legitimately like 17 years old <laughs> she I one thing that I thought was interesting or one just one little cute moment was they're at Randy's house and Chelsea asks Aubrey what color cup she wants and she's like oh well you can have red and Aubrey goes no I don't like that favorite color (laughs) so cute that was cute little Aubrey I am not that big of a fan of but she was very cute in this episode 
This so was like the eye doctor episode. No. So basically, uh, oh, I wanted to say, so I think what happened was like in that year long break, you know, where the show was off the air. I think that's when Chelsea like started to lose the weight and she got the red hair. And I think she like, this was when she made like a conscious choice when she came back on the show that she was going to be different. Yeah, I could definitely believe that because she also had a year to like sit back and see the memes and the footage of just like, Chelsea was fucking pathetic, and I don't feel mm-hmm. bad for saying that. It was just, like, it was, like, it was a sad situation and a thing that she was going through that was relatable, but the way she handled it was fucking pathetic. I don't care if you are on reality television. She had no dignity when it came to the situation, and it wow. has to be, like, mortifying to watch yourself just be, like, a shell of a human being. Yeah, because that was probably the first time that they had, like, a legitimate break between, like, filming and then what was aired and then they didn't immediately go back into filming you know what I mean because usually I would assume by the time they were like what was airing was happening they were already filming again and I think she was like really able to sit back and be like oh I don't really want to be this person on tv anymore yeah and I don't know something about a clean slate really does a lot for a lot of people like I don't know. I see it happen all the time where some people really do do a new year, new me thing. Yeah. So Chelsea definitely is one of those people that leaned all the way into it. Although it's definitely looking a lot better, but I feel like she put more pressure on herself to do a lot more because I did notice in this episode that I was like, this isn't full chunky Chelsea, but she also had more weight on her, which I personally think looked better. But who the fuck am I with my opinion? Mm-hmm. And I was just going like to say the same thing. Been, like pushing herself to like beat, beat that like high score. Yeah. I think every, I think every day is like a competition for Chelsea. If she can be at her lowest weight that day. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not one to comment on people's relationships with food or their weight or anything like that. But something about that just, freaks me out I don't know something about when Chelsea was like if I gain weight it'll give me more anxiety I was kind of like that's a weird thing to say like I get that like gaining weight doesn't make anybody feel good I gained 15 pounds at work last year and worked my ass off during the summer trying to lose it so that I could like go back to school looking and feeling my best but something about I don't know something about the way that was phrased was kind of like that doesn't sound like a healthy like no. not wanting to gain weight back type of thing. And also, so what I noticed in this episode is that like she's doing her hair the way that we mm-hmm. know it. Also, it's like, first of all, I just want to say like how fucking tired her look is that she is doing the exact same hair and makeup that she was when did this episode air in 2014. Yeah. Like imagine not. Be, she, what's her name? What's her name on Real Housewives? Lisa Rinna. Who's yeah. just had the same look for the past 30 years. Like, imagine not changing anything about your hair or makeup in five years. Like, not a single thing. She went shorter, but she still styles it exactly the same way. Yeah, and she still has the... People are like, I'm so glad she took the extensions out. She didn't take those fucking extensions no. out of her hair. Those are the she just same ratty extensions with, like, six inches cut off of them. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of... Like, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, we're on, we're all in the Glossier vibe now, Chels. Like, we're not wearing, like, 10 pounds of eyeliner anymore. Yeah, like, be a Visco girl. Aubrey like, should, like, lean into Visco and help her mom out. Oh, my God. I bet Aubrey would be a little Visco girl. 100%. That's so her. Um, But 
the other thing I noticed is that Chelsea's still wearing pretty baggy clothes in this episode. I don't know if you noticed that, but like she is still in that like she's lost a lot of weight, but like you can tell she's not she's still kind of old Chelsea in that way that she's like in a baggier pant and not in like a skin tight thing that she would be today. Yeah. Which is like what, people like, think kind of people stood think- out to me as like this isn't chunky Chelsea, but this is still like kind of I, not normal weight, Chelsea. People come in all, like, sizes. Yeah. But it's just kind of, like, this is, like, probably, like, I believe, I'm a firm believer that everybody's body has, like, a typical west resting body weight. Mm-hmm. That, like, unless they're doing something that's, like, bonkers with their diet one way or the other. Like, yeah, that was her portion towards control and working out. That was what yeah, happened like, when she learned just, how to portion control and work out. Yeah, that's just, like, how Chelsea's body probably normally is. And it just... I don't know. It stood out to me like how this, how the same she was, but also like different. Yeah. Plus, I say this all the time, but we remember Chelsea's being much fatter than she ever was. Yeah, definitely. She's not a person who like wears weight gain well. No, she just has a she has a chubbier face, so her face always looked chubbier. And then she wore clothes that were ten sizes too big. Yeah, those fucking scarves. She used to think that we couldn't tell that she was, like, 15 pounds overweight if she just put on five buffalo scarves. <laughs> and the hoodies that she would wear and the sweatpants that were so big. And you're like, wow, Chelsea's fat. And then you, like, remember when in she the moment. Used to, like, whisper to baby Aubrey, like, you made me fat. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I really wouldn't be shocked if she's still, like, sending stellar body positive vibes like that to Aubrey. But, you know, I'm sleep though. so the big thing is that chelsea finishes her 600 hours which by the way i figured out is 15 work weeks because i was like how many hours is like how long is 600 hours and it probably took her like 75 days yeah probably Probably took her like six months yeah if you divide it by like eight hour days though it's really only something like no it's 15 weeks Yeah, like... it's If you work 40 hours a week, like a full-time job, it's 15 weeks, which is less than half a year. But did Chelsea do that? No, she did it probably in eight months. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And Randy just stood there just beaming with pride over the absolutely nothing that his daughter accomplished. Can we talk about the cake? No shade to anybody with an esthetician license, but, like, just... Chelsea is not the person I'm praising for it. Everybody else, I'm so proud of you. No, because you know that Chelsea just did it so, like, that her dad would, like, get off her back about doing something. And so she picked, like, the easiest thing that she could do for that. Yeah, and, like, nobody is, like, bending over backwards to pat Janelle on the back for her, like, medical assisting certificate that she earned. So, like, fuck Chelsea and her, like, Everett College or wherever she went, like, certificate like she did something. I know, it's so crazy how people will be like, well, Chelsea has an education. It's like, she has the same level of education as Janelle does. Yo, do you know, I saw somebody the other day, like, um, trying to hype up Chelsea being like, oh, well, you know, at least Chelsea may have taken forever, but she took the initiative to get her GED, unlike Janelle, who's, like, not educated. And it's like, Janelle graduated from high school on time, bitch. <laughs> like, don't do Janelle. You can say a lot of motherfucking things, but her and Leah Messer, Calvert, Sims, Messer, whatever the fuck her name is, both graduated That's right. from high school. Sims, Calvert, Messer. There we go. Yeah, 100%. Janelle graduated from high school, and Chelsea, like, 
I don't know. Chelsea, Chelsea didn't get a high school diploma for no reason. I distinctly remember the episode where she said she only needed like three classes to graduate, but she just gave up the AWEC like classes to graduate so she could get her GED to start from complete scratch and get her GED. Yeah. Um, I did think, did you notice the cake that Randy got her, which was like a fondant nightmare? <laughs> like with I Matt. I hate fondant. I hate fondant. fondant instead of modeling chocolate or like marzipan should be shot. Honestly, in 2019, I don't want any cake that looks like anything. I love the naked cake trend. I know that that is like mm, out see, now. See, I like, like, I like I frosting. Naked cake. I like frosting, so I don't love a naked cake. Although I do like how they look, but I don't, I want frosting. But my thing is, it's like, just so make I a beautiful. Frosting. I eat cake for the cake. That's one of the reasons you're I fucking in... hate fondant. You're insane. Um, just make like a beautiful frosting cake. Like I don't need the cake to have like the Mac sign on it and like a lipstick and an eyeshadow thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't need that. Like I we're way past like Cake Boss and Ace of Cakes yeah. in 2019. We're, we're far over that. It was a really nice trend while it lasted. I appreciated people buying $2,000 cakes that were nasty as fuck just for the aesthetic. That was great. Like, I like to watch people spend money on things I never would. <laughs> but at this point, like, I personally was always a fan of a Walmart sheet cake. Like, when I have a uh, wedding, yeah. you'll get, like, whatever the fucking wedding cake that looks nice for our theme is. But, like, we are going to be cutting up a fucking sheet cake in the back. Yeah, I love it. I love a sheet cake. Like, give me a fucking strawberry shortcake from the grocery store <laughs> with some nice uh, whipped cream frosting on it and, like, maybe draw a little flower on it. Like, that's all I need. You know what I mean? Like, just there's a Reddit sub called Fondant Hate and people, like, post these beautiful, beautiful frosting cakes. And it's like, why do we need a cake to look like a hamburger? Like, make it look like this. Like, those are only cool if you're, like, those are cool centerpieces at a party where there are, like, also gourmet cupcakes or, like, donuts or some shit, you know? Yes, I agree. Um, so okay, I, I, think... I want to retract my previous statement. I like frosting if it is cream cheese icing or buttercream. But, yeah. like, whipped cream frosting is my no. Just so oh, people I don't think you... I'm a monster. I forgot that you don't like whipped cream frosting. I love – well, that's why I like sheet cake because you love buttercream. Um, and I love a good cream cheese. I, I really want carrot cake right now. <laughs> Oh, my God. Carrot cake is, like, the official dessert of my household because it was, like, the dessert that me and all of my roommates were, like, we will fuck up a carrot cake if you put it in front of us. I love it so much. Okay, so one thing I did want to talk about. I thought that the interview that she went on was very interesting. And one thing that I thought was interesting is that this is a pre-fourth wall broken scene, right? And. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to believe that Chelsea has to interview for any job in a salon and not like every fucking salon in her small house South Dakota town wouldn't be begging for the girl that's on national television to come into their fucking salon and bring her name and clients. Like, let's not act like, okay. When I say this, it's going to bring up something automatically, but, like, we know that Chelsea is a celebrity in South Dakota. I don't give a fuck if it's Teen Mom and, like, She's a celebrity everywhere. Like, she's a celebrity she's, everywhere, but who, I mean, who else is a celebrity in South Dakota but Chelsea? No, literally fucking no one. Randy and his, like, dental practice that has, like, several <laughs> thousand followers on Facebook. So she yeah. already had a foot in the door. 
And now she's Chelsea from Teen Mom. So just miss me with that. Me and Cole met in the gas station. He had no clue who I was, but also managed to find me on Facebook with, like, very little effort. Like Oh, because we, like, also had mutual friends. We, like, kind of knew who I was. <laughs> that story, like, changes ever so subtly. And if it was a story that Janelle was, like, telling, we would have, like, detailed, like, annotated oh, Someone would have already hacked her phone to, like, thing. find the... <laughs> I can't believe no one's ever hacked Janelle's phone. People should really step up their game. How has nobody gotten into her iCloud? How the fuck has no one gotten into her iCloud? People I got into her... like Scarlett Johansson's fucking iCloud. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, so like you have to imagine that every salon, how many salons are there in their town? Every salon or spa in their town is like begging her to come work there. Like she's interviewing them. I wonder how that lady feels about the fact that Chelsea like barely ever did anything esthetician wise. Cause I feel like she thought that like her and Chelsea were going to be on the map and Chelsea would become the like Lauren Conrad wannabe that she's becoming now, but like yeah. doing it under her care. By like, the way, and we talk about that. And it's probably like, Ooh, that lady's so moated after how excited and creepy she was about having Chelsea on her team. Do you think that Chelsea got new management in the last 18 months who sat her down and were like you are leaving literal millions of dollars on the table like what the fuck are you doing because all of a sudden Chelsea has like 18 different brand deals like good like not just like hawking diff eyewear for 20% off like doing a collection with diff eyewear she's doing like legitimate money making brand deals not just like posting fit tea you know and I wonder if she got new management that was like look we see these rating numbers like team mom two has three years max left, whatever. And we have analyzed your engagement. You have insane engagement. Like I bet her engagement rate is pretty fucking good. Um, you have an excellent reputation. You have an excellent name and you are just leaving money on the table. Cause remember like less than two years ago, Chelsea wasn't doing like any brand deals at all. And then she did that profile standard, which by the way, there's one by my house. I saw it the other day. Um, Ew. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, now she's doing so much stuff. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, I hadn't really considered that option before. I just thought, you know, maybe the show was ending and she was like, oh, shit, let me hustle because these Coley babies are more expensive than I thought it was. It's not easy having $5,000 strollers. Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, Cole's, like, sister-in-law has, like, a business or whatever. Her, his some brother. Jewelry. Wait, wait, his see... brother is a pretty well-known artist who lives in LA I believe and like is successful yeah like I could see like maybe somebody in Chelsea's life putting mm -hmm. her in touch with somebody more so than her like seeking out new management yes. or something like that but being like hey like I know this guy and he thinks that your brand has like a lot of power to get like more stuff and she was just kind of like okay because Cole told her it was a good idea or somebody in Cole's universe mm-hmm and like you said, if his brother is an artist in L.A., she, like Randy was probably the person telling her. And we know he was managing a lot of her deals. Yeah. Past, which, so he was probably getting her like, you know, small town, South Dakota, normal ass shit. And mm -hmm. then somebody else in the family was like, hey, bitch, like if you eat, we all eat together. Let's let's get this money. Yeah, I like I when this podcast first started I would always say like I don't understand why Chelsea's doing nothing with her brand because she really does have a Lauren Conrad brand she has like five million Instagram followers she gets 
like she also just like has a great reputation like people genuinely like her and buy the stuff that she okay so she has 5.7 million followers her posts are getting i'm looking right now she gets over 100,000 likes every post some of them up to 500,000 um she gets a lot of comments she's over a thousand comments um she just she does well on social media and so it's just crazy to think that like oh two years ago she like wasn't doing shit with it at all yeah and i mean good for her i like hate her with the passion of a thousand white hot suns but she is really doing the damn thing and she's the one out of all of them to for some reason that people are obsessed with who's I not mean, like squandering it like macy could do more with her brand but she's just tarnishing it with doing like weird clickbait about ryan's heroin addiction and shit yeah so i think the main difference between macy and chelsea is that macy is like we need to make as much money as we can in this time like i don't give a fuck about building my brand like fuck a brand what's a brand you know what I mean like I want to make as much money as possible and I think the mentality comes from the fact that Chelsea grew up much richer than Macy like Macy grew up you know normal middle class where Chelsea really grew up probably the richest girl in her small town and I think that she like Macy just has this mentality where it's like I need to make as much money as I can in the amount of time that I can um and also Macy had a cancellation you know what I mean where Chelsea didn't well, they had that year hiatus, but not like a full on like your show is canceled. And so I think that Macy just doesn't care about building a brand like that. And also, I think that Macy isn't as personable as Chelsea. And look, you know, I fucking hate Chelsea. But like, I understand why people like her. Like, I get it. Like the basic what like she lives like that basic white woman saved by a handsome man dream that like a lot of women are dying for. And would kill for like so a lot of these women would like kill to have a life like Chelsea's and Chelsea has marketed like mastered the relatable aspirational corner where I don't think for whatever reason like Macy's life isn't nearly as aspirational as Chelsea's is and I think part of it is like Cole versus Taylor um Taylor's just yeah. like kind of smarmy and I think it's also like the um image that they purport because Chelsea is very much so I got saved by Cole and look at my mm-hmm. life and like I'm yeah. so lucky and I'm so happy and Macy like truthfully in her heart of hearts we know does not feel that way no Macy's like if I got Taylor a cool husband shit, she is going to be like hit the fucking road oh. Jack Macy will just pack, call the movers pack all shit up and be like okay bye it was nice to know you I feel like I relate very deeply to Macy in that way <laughs> of where it's just kind of like, look, I, do I want to go into relationships breaking up or like getting divorced or some shit? No. Am I afraid of it? Fuck no. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that makes her and Taylor's relationship less appealing to people. And I think what ma- what Chelsea has managed to portray to people is this. It's so aspirational that they want it so bad. And at the same time, it's like, within reach for most people do you know what like they really truly feel like they can be Chelsea and it's why that I want my Cole thing like they really I'm just waiting for my Cole like it's why people constantly accuse you of being jealous if you don't Mm -hmm. like Chelsea because like 
they can't I, imagine you not wanting to like somebody's else. goal that they aspire to but like literally every time somebody asks that i'm just like of fucking what like what does yeah. this bitch have that i'm allegedly so jealous of like yeah it would be nice to have like a parent who was rich who could like bail me out of certain situations but like at the same time i just i i went to college and just don't need that Mm-hmm. and like I have a boyfriend who like disagrees with me and tells me no sometimes and that's <laughs> okay yes I completely agree and you're right it's why people go to that jealousy thing because they can't imagine anyone not wanting her life which honestly like I feel like a Donald Trump tweet because all I have to say is sad <laughs> like if you really think pinnacle of what like a woman could have or want in this lifetime like that is absolutely fucking sad and you should be embarrassed that you think that like (laughs) but the like relatable aspirational is like a gold mine for brands because people buy shit because of her because they think like if I buy this maybe I'll be more likely to be able to live this life it is and I also feel like Chelsea is like an attainable level of attractive because she's Mm -hmm cute because of the way she does herself up without any of it like I saw recently saw a picture on reddit of Chelsea without like spray tan and wow did oh, she look yeah. better yeah. oh my god she looks so, like as a black person I really deeply do not understand like tanning especially spray tanning mm-hmm. I ooh, I will never understand why white people make themselves orange it doesn't I don't matter. understand spray tanning <laughs> It, it will never, ever, there's no, like, form you could introduce me to with explanations where that would ever make any fucking sense to me. No. But I was like, okay, Chelsea looks a lot better, but she just really looked like somebody South Dakota mama, like. Yeah, she's not, not too like pretty. She's like pretty, she but she's not. like a person. I wouldn't even, like, maybe I'm just particularly judgmental, but, like, I feel like she's, like, very much so in the average looking box. I mean, I think she's pretty. Like, Chelsea's pretty. Like, but it's nothing more than that. You know what I mean? Like, it's such, like, a throwaway, like, yeah, Chelsea's pretty. Like, that's how I feel. And I think that that, if you look at, like, bloggers and Instagram moms, they all have that same level of prettiness. Yeah, it's not intimidating. That's one reason. Like, whenever people say that, like, Cheyenne or Brianna or like one of the moms that's legitimately beautiful is not pretty I'm just like you just like want to say that she's not cute because like she's not like the safe attainment like Lauren when everybody was losing their shit about how gorgeous Lauren was and it's like wow she looks like just any random white lady off the street like yeah I Lauren go to takes any a pretty suburb and find you a Lauren Elizabeth yeah low. but like La- Lauren takes a good, I will say, Lauren takes a good picture. Lauren knows how to take a picture. Very photogenic. Very, very photogenic. But, like, her just, like, features in general, like, she looks like a lady. Like, a nice lady. That really works for brands because people don't want to buy diaper bags from a supermodel. Yeah. Because they're never going to be a supermodel. Like, comparing them to the girl on the website. And being like, oh, shit, that diaper bag ain't making you look like that. Exactly. Like, there's a reason that brands have moved to this, like, type of marketing. And it really works. And I really do think that somebody, like, got a meeting with Chelsea and, like, laid out exactly how much money Chelsea was just, like, leaving on the table and explained to her that, like, you don't need to take the clickbait money. You don't need to do flat tummy tea. Like, we can still be very 
like picky with what brands that we take. Cause I think Chelsea before whatever shift happened that she started doing these, um, was only getting like, I don't think she understood how to like tell the difference between a fit tummy tea and an itsy ritzy deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think to her, it just kind of all seemed like garbage and she just would rather not do it. And I think probably somebody explained to her, like, look, we're going to talk to all the brands and we're only going to bring you brands that we already know, like fit a certain criteria. So like, we're not even going to bring you the fit tummy tees that we're going to get emails about. Yeah, and about. also she tried to do that Chelsea's Choices shit in the past. And <laughs> yeah. she kept that shit low key after she defrauded all those people. So she yeah, was probably and- really worried about doing a deal like that by herself. Especially because Randy was in on the Chelsea's Choices thing and he really shit the bed on that shit. I think also she she probably had, like, a better person on it that she felt comfortable to, like, take the leap with who could really, like, break it down and explain to her how she wasn't going to get... Because, like, back then was the time to defraud people. But, like, if Chelsea pulled that shit now, oh, the internet would flame her. Yeah. I also think that she... Remember when she had a blog for one minute and then she was, like, going to do a skincare line... I think she, that was when she decided, like, okay, well, I want to do, like, social media money, but, like, had no one guiding her, and she's like, well, doing a blog's hard, like, fuck this, like, I don't want to do this, oh, creating my own skincare line is hard, and I would imagine yeah, this. we also know that Chelsea is, like, not very smart, lazy. so, like, why did you think you were writing a blog, sis? Yeah, and I think that this same person had probably, like, pulled together all of the stuff that she had done, and was like, you don't need to put the effort into writing a blog. Like, why would you do that? You don't need to create a skincare line. We're going to find a good skincare line for you to partner with eventually. And then you'll release it and you won't have to do any work and you'll just put your name on it and improve it. But we're going to vet everyone to make sure that when your name goes on it, it's only going to be legit. And I think that's probably a Where difference the fuck between... was this person for Kale when she decided to sink all of her money in the world into pothead hair care? I'm still so curious about what's going on with pothead hair care, how much money Kale actually put into pothead hair care. There are a lot of questions that I, honestly, there are a lot of questions that I have a lot of, about a lot of things when it comes to Teen Mom, but there's just, like, so much that has happened in the universe at this point that there are some things that, like, I have just accepted not having answers to. You know, I know some people want Trump's tax returns released, but I would like to see Kale's. <laughs> I want every reality TV stars, and that includes Trump, because of The Apprentice for that many years. So there Hard we go. agree. We, we deserve to know what every reality TV star is making. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Before I forget this, because I don't want this to, like, get lost when we actually talk about Kale and Hobby, can we talk about her bridesmaids, like, sweatshirt saying the real bridesmaids of Kale's wedding? Yeah, does Kale watch Bravo? I mean, she must, right? Unless that was, like, one of her, like, friend's ideas to be like, ah, we're on a reality show and it's a reality show. And we can I just talk about Kale now. We can just talk about Kale now, because that was really it with Chelsea. That I just wanted to talk about the yeah, fact that, Yeah, we were that, on, like, like, a deep cut into, like, Chelsea's finances. Well, that's really, honestly, I'll be honest, like, after I watched this episode, I was like, whoops, picked an episode without a lot of drama. But I figured we would do this, so it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, I. it's been a long time since we've had, like, teen mom chat the way we can on feathers in my hair. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, like Liz and I are really good friends, but our relationship is exclusively via text message, <laughs> Snapchat messages that I send her of other interesting internet personalities and also like the occasional in-person meetup or accidental place of FaceTime call. 
<laughs> oh, and cute pictures of basset hounds on Instagram. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's our communication. So Tom it's, not, it's hard to facilitate in, this. We are in literal constant contact. So it's funny to think, like, we haven't had a, t- a chance to, like, sit down and talk like this. But we haven't. But it's, like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, but we, like, talk all day. <laughs> Wait, do you remember the time that I was at that house party and got too drunk? And I was like, I'm too drunk at a house party. Help. Like, I just say help all the time to people. Yeah, because, I told like, you. I said, do I need to order you an Uber? But you were like, oh, I'll send you an Uber to your location. And it was like, oh, yeah, Liz is actually, like, my best friend in the world. Yeah, of course. Like, if anybody, if you're my friend and you send me a text that's like, I need help. Like, Tama was in Los Angeles. And I was like, send me your address. Like, an Uber <laughs> will be there. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, actually, I'm just, like, way too drunk and threw up, and I'm much better now. Like, I don't actually need help. But I am that friend that is like, okay, send me your address. Like, we're getting you out of there. Which, like, a true blessing to have. Liz is also the friend that, like, takes pleasure in finding out you had, like, a rough day so she can Venmo you $15 for, like, fast food lunch. (laughs) I just like to make people feel good. (laughs) You're a good person, Liz. That's why we listen to you. <sighs> Acts of service is my love language, I guess. I love That's um, Joe's main love language, too. <laughs> I have to be more like you if I want to keep him. <laughs> Although, like, two weeks ago, or I guess it was, like, a month ago, I had a really bad night, and I was, like, texting group chat, like, how upset I was, and then I, like, went on TikTok for an hour, and I, like, opened it back up, and I, like, 40 texts, like, you okay, Liz? And I was, like, oh, sorry, I was, like, watching TikToks, like. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you need. Let me completely dissociate from my existence and be just in a TikTok K-hole. Or my favorite was, um, I found out my dad needed like a surgery not that long ago and I like sent you know out the info in the group text and I walked I like found out where I was driving somewhere and then I like walked in where I was going and like had a whole conversation I like looked down I had like 60 texts and I was like oh hold on I was like not to be rude but I like need to answer my group chat because it just sent like really like potentially like devastating news and then just was like bye I remember that night because I was like oh my god Liz must be so worried she's spiraling hard she's such a planner and this is unforeseen like (laughs) and you were like oh no I'm actually just like running errands (laughs) Dave is fine Uh, Dave is fine Dave if anybody's worried Dave came through his surgery like nothing ever happened and just waving at firefighters and stuff living his best life yeah. Okay. So yeah, we can talk about Kale. So one thing Kale said that there was drama between the bridesmaids, and I'll tell you, I have no memory of that. Oh my. Yes, it was the shit over like the earrings. It wasn't between the bridesmaids. It was just Kale being a bridezilla and the bridesmaids being exclusively and like one hundred percent hobbies, friends, and family. Yeah, they were. But that's what happens when you're, like, part of the wedding of somebody who's, like, eight million months pregnant. Like, did you think that she would just be a peach while planning something so stressful the size of a house? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, poor Kale. I, Kale's hard because I watched this episode and I know she didn't even want to marry Javi. (laughs) Well, they're already married and they've, like, been married for a year. At this point, when they're getting yeah, they're just having this hideously tacky because, wedding for because some MTV reason. was like we want. I think she's talked about it because MTV said you should have a wedding. Just were they only willing to pay for it during a certain time window though? Because the yes. braces and in the, the like, pregnancy, I believe oh so. God, I believe like, in her book. She talks been enough. 
honestly, the braces were worse than the pregnancy and the ill-fitting wedding gown to me. Yeah, I think for me, the worst thing will always be Kale's tattoos. Uh, I, like, hate her tattoos, but, like, just truly the braces and her stupid-ass smile where she looks like a bucktooth crocodile with those goddamn braces, like, <laughs> truly kills me. Look, I had braces for four and a half years. I understand not everybody can I get braces I braces my whole kids. fucking life. We yeah. know, we know yeah. what kind of parent Kale had. Obviously, yeah, so it's actually have access to orthodontia. Yeah, it's actually wonderful that she fixed. got. Number one, Kale, get fucking Invisalign. Like we know you were making money from this show. I, I don't wonder if she couldn't. If you had to go off of your Tricare like orthodontic insurance to get it. Most adults don't even have orthodontic insurance, so I'm sure she came out of pocket for those braces. Tomlin, like, could you imagine living a life where you had adult orthodonta? insurance like, i right like just i okay i for everyone who doesn't know i worked at a fucking dental office and that is so fuck like there's literally a statistic it's like less than five percent of plans because who the fuck wants like metal braces as an adult like that's how invisalign like comes through and makes yeah. their money under the table um i think that one it's possible kale didn't even uh qualify for invisalign because her teeth were so bad but i don't think that's the case because I don't remember her teeth ever being that bad. No, we, my like, teeth were fucked up. And they were like, if you don't mind us not correcting the severe overbite, like, I could have still had Invisalign. It was just yeah. bad money. And I was 12. And my mom was like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, But Kale, I will say, though, that her hair and makeup, like, her dress was not good. But overall, it didn't age, like, nearly as bad as some of the other teen mom wedding looks. It didn't. It was just like poorly. The fitted, soft hair was due nice. To the fact that she was like getting bigger every day at that point yeah. in her pregnancy. Like I understand yeah. why it was not like an ultra fitted look, but like the way she looked when she was wearing that pink, like tight, like spandexy um, t-shirt mm-hmm. compared to that wedding dress, it was like she just looked like a tall, like kind of bigger girl who was also pregnant, but like very like visible. Like this is a cute little bump. It's all baby. She looked pregnant that way. And then in that dress, she just looked like a fucking house. Like, it was not a good look. No, it wasn't a good look. It doesn't look dated looking back. It just looked sloppy. Like, that's the best way I can put it. It was just a very sloppy look. Yeah, I agree. I think she just, I don't know. I think it was rushed. I think that she, like, genuinely didn't want to be with Javi, but had, like, gone all in on it. Yeah kind of was like too deep into it and Isaac was like attached to Javi and I think she was looking at that like yep making the right decision the kid likes him like the family is good like can't turn back now because like am I just going to take this great opportunity away from everybody yep definitely doing the right thing this wasn't an accident by Javi (laughs) to like get Kale into a position where she was too deep into it that she like couldn't leave basically and I mean then there's the added, like, pressure of it being on TV. Mm-hmm. What are you so, going to do, call off a TV wedding now? Yeah, and, like, even, like, if we forget about the wedding, because I feel like if she called off the TV wedding, the audience didn't hate Kale nearly as much back then. Like, it would have gone over fine if they had just, like, kept being together. But, like, when your relationship is a TV plot, it's kind of, like, married or not, like, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you're in this. Yeah, absolutely. I just, ugh, it's just, like, sad to watch because you, like, I don't know. Knowing everything that we know now, right, it just feels like 
you're watching someone who wants something so bad that it's never going to work. Yeah, and you've talked about before on this show how Javi is, like, such a great guy on paper. But even Mm -hmm. on paper, he wasn't, like, a great guy for Kale. No. It's so hard to see that when you're young and you don't really even know yourself. I don't think that we even knew that back then because we didn't know Kale as well. No, I agree. There was no way to know. And also, like, Kale... And I would say to this day, because she's not done any substantial work on herself whatsoever, Kale is too broken to know what she even wants in a relationship. Yeah, I don't even know, like, what personality type in a man Kale would like, because... Uh, I think Kale needs to be <laughs> with a woman. With a woman. I knew you were going to say it, like... I can see Kale with just, like, a totally mild-mannered, happy, butch lesbian. Not Dom, because Dom is a little smarmy. You know, Dom is, like, a little hobby-ish, but, like, a lady that's, like, just has a short haircut and wants to, like, go on cruises and, like, wear her, like, I love Key West shirts and Birkenstocks and just, like, doesn't give a fuck. Like, that's what Kale needs to be with. Who will, like, let Kale just, like, totally be the dominant one, but at night, like, rub her back. And be like, I fucking love you. Yeah. I I could see her doing well with that, but also I can see that, like, going nuclear within the first, like, well, 15 days of the relationship. Yeah, because this only works in the scenario where Kale has done work on herself and can maintain any sort of relationship. Yeah, and... I don't even know what I think about Kale that I'm trying to put into words because I think I truly just don't understand her on a lot of different levels. It, she seems to regress in maturity like every single year. And also her social media presence becomes so much more obnoxious that like it's like Brianna where it's like I don't know the difference between Twitter Kale and real Kale. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I 100% agree with what you mean. I don't and I don't think Kale does either. And I think that's yeah, like the main she, issue, right? She loves to have a lot of mouth and talk very tough about certain things. But it, Kale is just soft as hell on the inside. Yeah, she's so soft. But it's so sad because if she would just go to fucking therapy and, like, work really hard and get on medicine, she could, like, not – she doesn't – it's so frustrating because you don't have to be in this fight-or-flight mode that you're in every second of the day. But she just can't let that go. Yeah, it's deeply sad. There's so much trauma. Like, with all of the girls on this show, like Kale or like Caitlyn, we've heard so much about the stuff they've gone through. But in the day-to-day of the years of, like, trauma and hell they lived in their lives, there's just so much that we don't know. And I'm sure there's a lot that's kept private, especially with, like, young women who are in situations like this. Like, Mm -hmm. I always very much so wonder about sexual abuse and how that really warps a lot of people's abilities to have healthy relationships or feel intimacy with other people like Tyler has talked about that I can only imagine for Kale you know he's a young man who or a man who's admitting to that happening to him as a young man which is so uncommon that like it it really just makes you wonder about like the demographics and the way things people have been exposed to in their lives on this show. And I always especially think about that when it comes to Kale, because even if we like 
look past anything that may have happened in her childhood. We know that she, as an adolescent and, like, young adult woman, was, like, raped more than once. Like, oh, yeah. Like, more than one person. So yeah. Who knows how deeply that's really twisted her ability to love and trust and feel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh, poor Kale. It's just, it's sad. And watching this episode where she just, like... You know, she's like, well, if I go through with it, like, maybe it will all work. Again, her reason for, like, loving Javi and, like, knowing he was the one was that he, like, puts up with me. Mm. Which is, like, like, a lot of people point back to it and they're just like, oh, like, you know, Kale said this. Like, she knew that she was so toxic and Javi would just be, like, a punching bag for her. But it's just, like are you not deeply saddened hearing somebody saying they know they should marry somebody because they put up with them? Yeah. It's so sad. It's like so, this, you know sad. me, I'm fucking nuts. But like my boyfriend says that he doesn't think that I'm crazy. And he like likes the things about me that make me kind of crazy. Even if yeah. sometimes he has to remind me to like pull it back a little. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so sad. And Javi and Isaac to get Isaac is peak cuteness in this episode. He is. He was such a sensitive little chap. And, like, people would get on Kale about, like, past Kale about how she would be, like, cold during some of Isaac's moments where he was, like, being very sensitive. But I could just see where if you're, like, with him on the day-to-day, like, some of the cute factor of that wears off. Oh, yeah. Princess talks about that because one of her sons is, like, very sensitive. And it's oh, just, I was like... a very sensitive child like that, too, and, like, very precocious in the way that I like I relate to little Isaac in a lot of ways and sometimes when people are like oh he's just so sensitive in his poor little heart I'm like yeah part of that is sad but part of it is just stuff he really has to grow out of to be like a functional adult and human being and like your kid being sensitive and having their feelings hurt cannot always be the thing you tiptoe around yeah because it does not make for an emotionally healthy person I used to think that my mom was kind of wicked for not like always giving into my sensitivity but like no kid like fuck the fuck up (laughs) when Isaac doesn't want to put on his pull up and he's like and Javi's like you have to like you have you slip up sometimes he's like I won't slip up (laughs) like a little kid we're not negotiating with a terrorist toddler on like the pull up issue a, a little kid promising that they won't do something that they cannot promise they won't do is one of the cutest things. <laughs> I worked in preschool for a long time. So for me, it's kind of like, yeah, sure, Jan. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing, it's very obvious that like Javi is like really high on this. Like I have officially saved them. Yes, we are a family. And I mean, you know, he probably grew up with family being important to him. This is probably like Javi's 18,000th wedding he's attended for like family and family friends in his life. So it was probably like a big rite of passage. Like this is my like, I feel like they didn't show it, but Javi was probably a groomzilla. Oh, that's my truth. That's the way. Of course. Of course he was a groomzilla. And he really did like corner the mo- one of the most frustrating narratives to me is the kale marrying hobby for benefits and like that she forced him to marry her for the benefits when it's just so opposite from the truth and the truth has always been that hobby basically forced kale to marry him and have a baby with him and be with him 
Yeah, I mean, that fucking whole scene when he, they were doing the vows, and he's like, from the moment I made eye contact with you, which is weird. People usually say from the moment I laid eyes on you. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, the moment, like... I saw you. met my gaze or something. Yeah. Like, he's just like, the moment that we made eye contact. Okay, <laughs> the so moment... Horrible. The moment that I saw a girl that was on TV working at Buckle in the Lehigh Valley Mall, I thought to myself, oh, shit, I can date someone who's on TV. Yeah, and we know that, like, he had scoped her out at Buckle because, like, I don't believe that he just went to Buckle and was like, oh, hey, there's that bitch who, like, is on MTV. Like, yeah, I bet. I'm going to come back here. I full on believe that people were like, hey, did you know that one bitch on MTV works at yeah. fucking Buckle? Like, is that crazy? Yeah, no, Do they I not make money? They're like, look, here. Yeah. Here's a picture, like, something. And he yeah. was just like, oh, okay. So For it's sure. just kind of like that whole, uh, Javi makes my skin crawl and the way that, like, people rewrite the narrative for him like actually like discuss it gives me Ajita I hate it I hate him yeah I just it's just so frustrating people are like well Kale you know Kale only married him for the benefits and it's like no Javi was like I'm joining the military we need to get married like we need to get married you yeah, need let's to not married. act like Javi is the first military guy on earth to do that no and also let's not act like getting married for benefits is like a bad reason to get married yeah, like, isn't that literally the reason people get married? Like, to have the legal and, like, tax protection of being, like... Like, be a marriage is literally just incorporating your relationship. Yeah. That's what it is. Your marriage is a separate entity from you two as people. Like, it is an a, incorporation. So, like, it, of course, like, everyone gets married for the... Bed. Literally, no one would fucking do it. People would just have parties and say, we're like, together now. Kale really... We, I just feel like people forget, like, how bad Kale's childhood was, how much she was struggling in the first couple seasons of Teen Mom, and how all she wanted was just, like, this stability, not just from being married, but, like, probably this, like, the idea of having health insurance to Kale was probably, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, because she was an independent contractor with MTV, so even getting money, like, going to the doctor without insurance when you have two children is fucking expensive. So yeah. those TV checks probably really didn't stretch as far as you would think. No, and just the idea of somebody being like, please marry me. I want to take care of you and your son. And you're going to get health insurance. We're going to be able to buy a house with my 0% loan. Like, just like everything that probably seems so out of Kale's reach her entire life. But what kind of sucks for Kale is that as soon as she did it, all of those things became attainable on her own. Yeah, right. Like, what what year was this coming on also? Because I would like to know about the accessibility of the Affordable Care Act. I think, like, 2012 or 2013. Oh, so right when that shit was getting good. Yeah. And right when they, like, had first... This was, like... So they made money in, like, season four, and then it went off the air for a year, and then it came back, and this is, like, one of the first seasons that they're making, like, real money. And by, like, the next season, season six, is when, like, Kale gets her Mercedes. You know, like, that's when they buy the house. Like, that's when, like, real, real money is going on. And that's, like, when social media ads start. Because remember, also, at this time, like, they weren't making money on social media. It was just stuff from, oh, well, they did the Twitter Solia clicks. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> so it was like literally the worst thing on planet earth the articles were worse than clickbait worse which yeah. is like honestly saying a lot like do you know what they reminded me of they were like literally a worse version of like 
The Stir by Cafe Mom, which I will always <laughs> say is one of the worst platforms and websites on the entire <sighs> internet. Cafe I'm Mom like is always finding the a worst thing. I'm always finding a stir link when I'm like trying to find something old from Teen Mom, you know? <laughs> yes, and it's always like literally no information that just has a title of what no. you're looking for, and it's just like, but this says nothing about it. <laughs> That's so true. I'm like once a week, like trying to find something that happened in like 2012, and you I like think you find the article the stir because it existed before like good Teen Mom news, you know, before like yeah. fucking E was covering Teen Mom. Yeah, when it was the Stir Cafe Mom and Wet Paint, our paper of record. Oh, and don't forget Teen Mom Junkies that like filled well, in yeah, all of course. the gaps left by those constantly. Yeah, Ugh, I used all to right, love going on a mind. Wet Paint. <laughs> Oh my gosh, those links are cancer on your phone now from the ads. <sighs> but yeah, it's just, I think, like, I can't imagine being Kale and, like, marrying this guy, basically, because he's, like, going to rescue me from my life. And then two years later, like, you've rescued yourself and you hate this guy. Yeah, and he's, like, literally the worst. Like, Javi's personality and entire persona is a literal nightmare to me. Like, you know how you said, like, imagining being Sean's girlfriend is, like, actually horrific like mm-hmm. imagining waking up next to hobby and his like just tall black nike socks next to me in bed <laughs> he never and, wears like, a short white sock tomlin his taste in music his drake lyric quotes on twitter like he is the <laughs> most like embarrassing person drake. on earth to me <laughs> imagine walking down on hobby like just sitting in your living room like crying listening to drake <laughs> Just, and I mean, look, when you get to talking about other people's mans, there's always, like, the classic question of, like, well, where is your man at? Like, let's see him. I'd rather have no man. I'm not saying that my taste is impeccable or, like, my boyfriend is, like, 99 Prince William or anything. (laughs) But, like, just, I think we can all agree that, like, being with Javi sounds like a special ring of hell. Lauren, I don't know what the fuck happened to you in your life that made you thought you deserved that. And then to be cheated on Hobby and go back to it. But, like, I just mm-hmm. want to let you know it gets better, sis. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine being at that low of a point in my life where I would date Hobby. Oh, same. And Kale wasn't a low point. But they get married at the Candom Aquarium. It looks awful on camera. Like the yeah. the room they get married in. An aquarium, and I really truly do not get that as as a venue because all the pictures looked like shit. It was extremely dark. Like it looks horrible on camera, as referenced here in this episode. Like I I don't get why people do that. I think I've seen wedding pictures at the Candom Aquarium, and they look good. But I think this whole thing was just like done so budget, and like it just looked so like the whole thing just looked so tacky. Did. And what was that throwaway line from Kale when she was like, multiple guests keep asking me if I'm getting married in the shark tank. Like, what's that all about? And it's just like, Kale, you made that up. No one is asking you that. <laughs> also, like, if you're invited to a wedding in an aquarium, it's not, like, weird to think, like, oh, well, do you get married in front of the fish? Yeah, like, I thought that's how it would be at my prom. Like, that's what our backdrop for the pictures would be. But obviously, no, glass tanks full of, like, skittish fish photographed horribly. Yeah. So there's actually just a backdrop. Also, the meal they fed us was fish, which I felt was fucked up. <laughs> um, I did notice in her vows, K 
Kale made sure to include, I promise to embrace your culture and share your Guatemalan pride. That Don't you remember when Kale was, like, fake part Guatemalan? Guatemalan? Yeah, she, like, said she was part Guatemalan. <laughs> Kale, the little bit of Guatemalan you got in you was happy. Like, that's yeah, that I was. think that's what she meant, to be honest. I feel like a, somebody, like, a wet paint got a hold of that and, like, made it into, like, a real story. Yeah. When, like, she literally meant, like, there's a dick inside of me that's Guatemalan. Which, oh my god, Javi's dick. Again, horrific. Remember mm, that no. picture of him getting a foot job? Mm, no. Do you, how do you not, oh my gosh, that's where he came out with the whole, like, I don't wear, like, low-cut. No, he wasn't getting a socks. foot job. He was, like, jerking himself off, and you could just see the socks. No, somebody's feet were in the fucking pic. I oh, swear really? to God, like, I, believe I remember you. this because I was yeah, because like, that makes sense. Cause interesting things. It was supposed to be like proof that he cheated, right? Yeah, like some bitch's feet were in the pictures, and you could see like his feet like lower down in the picture, like at the edge of the bed. But he was getting a foot job, or there was some, there were shenanigans going on involving foot stuff, and I just re- took that away as one of the most interesting things we know about the Teen Mom cast, like. Javi that tracks. FJ. Yeah, I mean, that tracks for me. Ugh. I mean, I'm oh, also surprised at all to hear that. And full disclosure, I have been with guys who have foot fetishes before, and it's not the worst thing in the world. You get a lot of foot rubs. <laughs> also, did you notice when Kale was, like, saying she wasn't sure she should make out with him, and one of her friends were like, you and Javi are so raunchy together, though. I was like, ugh. Oh, my gosh. Like, they're vulgar. Quote, vulgar. According to V, picture of them. Yeah, her maternity photos mm-hmm. above their bed. Anybody with half naked photos of them be over their bed wants you to know, like this is where the fucking goes down. Yeah, we fuck. Yeah, like, well, that's we why like down in this bed. And I bet they did fuck for a while, and then I bet Kale was like, "You can never come near me again." And then they fucked again because I believe they're still fucking. Kale probably like angry fucks the shit out of you. Yeah. I yeah. want to piss Kale off, so she'll fuck me. Like, <laughs> maybe she will. <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know, and she is bisexual. Like, I maybe have you're the perfect girlfriend. Mm, no, Kale. Kale and I are both like way too crazy. No, you guys would fist fight. kill each other. You would fit like have a full on fist fight. She would like punch me, and then I would just have to get a knife, and like I, <laughs> then I would be Amber Portwood, and it's just like not a good look. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Janelle. Oh my gosh, Janelle in this episode. This was actually Either a great Janelle episode. I, do you think what her, like, Sally braided her hair for her? Oh my gosh, I literally read, like, the longest Reddit comment because I was watching Girls Incarcerated and, of course, uh-huh. I had to go read all the Reddit comments. And somebody was, like, talking about when you get out of jail, like, it's kind of, like, a part of the process that somebody like braids your hair because <laughs> you don't have any hair gel. You don't have mousse. You don't have a blow dryer or anything. Mm-hmm. So like putting your hair in like cornrows or French braids is like one of the only ways, especially because you don't get like, um, you can't even fucking visit people in jail with like rubber bands or hair wrappers around your wrist or anything oh, that is or in your hair. Correct. So it's one of the only styles where you can wear your hair well, where you'll look neat and mm-hmm. like semi acceptable in the real world. And, like, clean and shit, but, like, still, like, be able to do it before you leave prison, which is, like, when I read that, I was, like, wow, that explains a lot, but is also deeply sad, because the rest of us who haven't been in jail recognize your jail braids. 
Yeah. And it's kind of like you still look like you're fresh out of jail. But I mean, I understand and respect it with that perspective. Uh, So this episode opens up with Jace saying he got in trouble at school because he was pinching people and then just looks at Mike and says, fuck. Yeah. And Mike was like, probably for that, too. huh?" (laughs) You can tell this is when Mike is like, what am I doing? Yeah. just I want to say poor Mike, but he cheated on Barbara with the Hooters waitress. Also, have we ever, like, really broken down the fact that Mike fucked a waitress that was, like, young? And, because Hooters waitresses are youngish. He's not a handsome man. There are also, like, males Hooters waitresses, so that's not, like, a hard and fast rule. Are there? Very Yeah, there are, like, males Hooters waitresses, and they just wear, like, the black shirts that the cooks wear and shit, like. Obviously, to be honest, I've only been there like, like an all the time thing. I think that's when they're like shorter staffed or it just depends on the area. Like if there are a lot of gay guys and they still want to like build a Hooters in the area. Mm. But like I wouldn't. And I've also known like multiple very flat chested Hooters waitresses. Yeah. So I feel like this easily could have been like a 36 year old Hooters waitress on like the day shift. But still, he's like 70. <laughs> Mike's old. Well, he was, like, 60 when it aired, and I mean, like, it's not like Hooters is the classiest fucking establishment. Correct. I'm not going to act like I'm above fucking guys who are, like, 25 years older than me, so, like, who knows? I bet, like, a badass three-year-old Jace is when it, like, starts to get really exhausting, and when you're like, do I really want to raise this bad kid for the next 15 years that I'm not even related to? Yeah, and I mean, Mike was there at, like, peak high school Janelle, so he knows yeah. where the fuck this is going. Like, yeah. he's seen this episode before. He's like, I don't really feel like dealing with this. Like, it was one thing when it was a baby. Yeah, and it was one thing when it was just that crazy girl who would fucking scream and then leave for two weeks at a time. But this kid is just, fuck, he's here every day. Yeah. <laughs> so Janelle's going to court and she's accepting a plea deal and she's not sure if she's going to get supervised or unsupervised probation. And I just realized at the beginning of the episode, I didn't say what episode we were watching. We just well, you started. figured it out by now. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. No, no. You guys, are gonna, this episode. you guys are going to hear this now, but hopefully I'll remember to um, say it at the beginning when I'm editing. Oh, what a mess. By the way, guys, it took us a full hour to start this because I couldn't get it to record. So there's a lot of frustration going on in this episode. Um, Nathan and his all Nathan loves an all black suit look. He really does. Like he's worn that look to court multiple times. Just get a fucking Why do you think that like senior year homecoming is the look for court? I'm surprised he didn't put on a bright red tie. Oh my god, stop. Like, you're literally taking me back to, like, every high school formal dance. Yeah, it's like, get a pair of navy slacks and a white shirt, like every other person who goes to court. And also, like, you're going to sit in the galley, like, you don't need to be in a full suit. But this is back when Nathan was always dressed, like, business casual, no matter where he went. Which honestly was my favorite iteration of Nathan. I hated when he was like the muscle shirt man bun Nathan. Give me Nathan for randomly like dressed as Ned Flanders. Remember like, when they went to like cut Christmas trees and he was in like black slacks, like dress shoes and like a smart sweater. <laughs> uh, 
or in like those pictures that they have of him and Janelle in the fall where they're both wearing those sweaters and <laughs> like halfway look like they could be decent people. But there's always some sort of like there's some weird edge of like I can't trust you to Nathan's business casual. And I <laughs> I used to date a guy that I felt the exact way that exact way about where he'd wear a button up shirt and I would just look at him like, hmm, I don't buy it. Yeah, because it's like, where are you going? You don't have a job. Why are you dressed in business casual? <laughs> Remember the time Nathan went on a business trip and then came back zooted out of his mind? Yeah. And, like, Janelle was suspicious about him acting like a maniac when he came back, but, like, wasn't suspicious about the fact that he went on a business trip with no job? <laughs> yeah. To Atlanta. And then came back and was just, like, out of his, yeah, out of his skull. And Janelle... And I was like, well, he's investing in gyms. And it's like, is he? (laughs) That was also the episode where Janelle gave us dramatically change. (laughs) A lot of people like mix that up with other things. But like, no, that was when she was like, it's not enough for you to tell me that it's going to change dramatically. I need to see the dramatic change. (laughs) I can picture they were like sitting in Ryan Doff's car, right? Talking about it. No, she was sitting on the couch with that random fucking friend who popped up out of no fucking where. And then Nathan came. Remember, oh, that he might came be home Katrina. early trying to catch Janelle doing shit, but she was literally just on the couch. And he yeah. was, like, walking around and clapping and shit. And she was whispering to her friend, like, is he on something? <laughs> you know how you know, like, Nate is such a cheater? Because he was always accusing Janelle of cheating. And it's like, Janelle's not going to cheat on you when she's, like, deep in it with you. Like, that's not Janelle's thing. Yeah, Janelle literally had not touched another man's skin, direct quote. Yeah, like, but you're a cheater, so you are going to assume Janelle's cheating, too. Yeah, like, even during this episode when she's talking to him about that shit, he's Mm -hmm. like, how many dudes do you talk to? And Janelle was like, what? And who did she name, that one guy? Ryan. She She said Ryan Dolph, yeah. Yeah, she was like, yeah, Ryan. Okay, who else but Ryan? And Ryan is legitimately, like, one of Janelle's true actual friends. Yeah, well, what? Who happens to be a guy. Yeah. And when she said, like, also her weed dealer. What other guy do I talk to? I was like, no, because Janelle doesn't talk to anybody when she has a boyfriend. (laughs) Exactly. She doesn't talk to her own fucking son. Like, that's how serious she is about having no other men in her life. Um, Did you notice that Janelle said that Cortland had messaged her asking about a divorce? And then she said, We were separated when he planted the drugs in my car. And I was like, I love. I Janelle. love that line because that was so Janelle trying to sound like she had a boundary. Yeah. And it was also like, kind of like Janelle. He, like she was like, I was planted. done with you from the moment you planted those drugs in my car. And it was like, <laughs> Janelle, you're you're saying that for the camera, and honestly, that was a good line for the camera. Because like planted the drugs. Come on, Janelle. We like, know that those were both of y'all's drugs. Yeah. And they became Cortland's when you were getting in trouble for them. Yeah, and Cortland is in the parking lot. Uh, honestly, I can't believe good for Janelle right there because, like, in all of like the nasty narratives that we hear about Janelle, like nobody ever like feels sympathy for Cortland or like people will twist the weird shit with like Kiefer or Nathan or Gary Head or literally anybody to make Janelle the bad guy, but no one ever does that shit with Cortland. I feel You're like not being on right. MTV and the way that she talked about it and the way he was never on the show, like. The timing was just really perfect so that she came off, like, golden after that Cortland shit. And she got that abortion. So everyone was like, okay, okay, fine. Janelle wins here. I still can't believe we live in a world where Cortland was never on this show. 
I kind of like it better that way. Like, yeah, it just exists in like the purest form. Yeah, and it just leaves the door open for us to find out like just so much uncovered. He wasn't that ex's special, right? Yeah, he was, and so was fucking Andrew, and just, ugh. Yeah, I just, like, yeah, maybe it's better than Cortland just exists on a U-stream. That's all we, like, that's all we really need of him. <laughs> just just living forever on, on a U-stream. Been, it would have been too dark. It would have been too much, because he had, like, Jaja, and then there's um Jaja Taylor. Taylor. I still check up on Taylor every once in a while. I like find yeah, and Taylor's whatever shit and like Janelle allegedly prostituting with Taylor. It was it was too much, and there were too many yeah. like small children involved. And Courtney was was also like her. grooming children for like ten full years at that point. It was too mm-hmm. much. Like I remember at first Janelle was a like accusing Taylor Lewis of all this stuff like prostituting and leaving her daughter and et cetera, et cetera. And it all, when Janelle had a blog, I think at this point where she was, Oh my posting. God, Janelle and Jace.com. Like, Oh, that is where the fucking what's his name? James Duffy drugged spaghetti story came from. <laughs> so she was like writing all about Taylor Lewis. And I was like, wow, this bitch Janelle is crazy. And then like, Four months later, Tara Lewis got arrested for prostitution. I was like, mm, well, I guess Janelle was telling the truth. Yeah, I mean. Jaja's like six by now. That is terrifying. Who has custody of that little girl? Because Mrs. Gray, I think. Oh, that's. Remember Mrs. Just, Gray? Taylor's that has to be mom. like really sad for Mrs. Gray. I mean, like not. I'm sure if you're in that kind of like business of taking in and fostering kids like it's not like some of the shocking shit like oh my god yeah I can't but it's so sad happened. but like how let sad. me let me do a history lesson for those of you that don't know you should listen to my janelle side characters episode um but in case you don't realize what we're talking about Cortland, obviously janelle's ex-husband had a had been had a child with a girl a, a girl named taylor lewis she was like 15 when he was like in his mid twenties and he got her pregnant and eventually she said he raped her. It's awful. But they had a daughter named Jordan who they called Jaja, like J A J A. Taylor Lewis had come from a really dysfunctional home. She had grown up in foster care with a woman named Mrs. Gray. Um, and at the time, like Mrs. Gray, Jaja, Taylor Lewis were like very central characters in Janelle, like in the Janelle gossip, they were like some of the most prominent characters And Taylor Lewis has been arrested, like, many, many times for heroin and prostitution since then. Um, She just is, like, very sad. And at one point, actually, her and Cortland, she would post – Taylor, like, will just make a new Facebook page every once in a while and, like, everything on there is public. She was, like, posting that her and Cortland had been filming a show – so it's maybe like put it on YouTube. That's what I'm saying. But like you whatever. Know. Remember when the fine hoe was allegedly shooting a reality show? <sighs> yes. Why is that not on YouTube? Oh I my really, god! People who listen don't even know about the pretty hoe and the fine hoe. Please have we talked Google about that. them? Have we talked about the fine hoe and pretty hoe on here? I don't think we have. But like you know, I could literally talk forever about them. So I don't know if you want to open that can of. Yeah, let's just do a brief summary. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, the pretty hoe and the fine hoe, a.k.a. Melanie and Vanity, a.k.a. the pretty and fine 304s, were 
prostitutes that became internet famous two or three years ago they rose to prominence over snapchat because they would constantly snapchat all the money they were making their various hood shenanigans of like you know stealing john's cell phones and throwing them into the street or like beating up john's like on their front lawns just things like that the just deepest south la hood rattery you can imagine they both had several face tattoos of like many different things they had kind of the gucci main little wayne effect where you can't even read a lot of the face tattoos anymore they were all done in very poor quality because they got their first face tattoos in like high school but um things came to a head when i guess they got involved in internet drama with a girl who began talking about their children each of them have more than one child now um But yeah, they found this girl, beat her up very publicly on Snapchat. They claim that they did not jump her. They simply took turns beating her ass, which you can call that whatever you like. (laughs) But um, then the videos culminated in the fine ho, a.k.a. Vanity, shooting up the girl's car. (laughs) Nobody was in the car, but like, you you still can't do that. No. So both of them went to jail for six months. The Snapchat videos of them committing this assault actually are what got them a reduced sentence because the girl that they beat up initially alleged that they shot at her car while their while her baby was in the car but you can actually see in the video that it's an empty car that they're shooting up so they just like went away for the assault and like i think like possession or of the weapon or some shit like that they both did six months they're um whatchamacallit their sentences were slightly staggered because the uh, the fine ho uh, outran her warrant in Vegas for about a month before she went away, but the pretty hoe got picked up like right away. Um, they were both out together living freely for less than six months before the pretty hoe went back to jail. And now I believe that she's doing 15 years in prison because yeah. she was involved Federal in human prison. trafficking. Yeah, she started pimping and she was apparently pimping underage girls as well as do like she was on Snapchat like straight up waving guns in these bitches faces and like ma- forcing them to get her name tattooed on her it's actually not funny like no it's, really it's not horrifying. funny we like looking back we like in real time watched a like 17 year old girl get brandished without really realizing what we were watching yeah like when you thought that this girl was just like another like consenting 22 year old party and just their like stupid like hood life of like lit prostitution I guess you could call it like (laughs) it was all fun games but then like oh you found out that these girls were not of legal age and the both the pretty and the fine ho were actually both 19 when they started prostituting so it's like ooh, it's not even like you guys got involved in that life at this age yeah like you're straight up taking advantage of young kids so that you don't have to prostitute anymore because you want to be a pimp now so you can lay lower because you just got out of jail it was really fucked up looking back but it was also like the way that it was broadcasted was in the absolute most ridiculous way that it was like impossible to not see it as funny yeah no it was funny and it was like whoa and crazy and then you read the court documents and you're like oh fuck whoopsie like whoopsie at us laughing at that I remember Jesse being like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you know Jesse like has the heart out of the four of us yeah the most for sure just like no but I hate yeah it's it is ooh, it is very bad it was very very bad looking back still like lots of parts of it that were like hilarious not gonna lie just because like 
something is very, very wrong with the pretty hoe, the one who's in prison for 15 years now. Yes. Like, she's actually legit nuts in a way no, that's she's just like a sociopath. Yeah, no, there's something very the fuck wrong with her in her head. And, like, the fine hoe is just kind of, like, a person. Like, she's mm-hmm. not a No, we villain. like her. Yeah, I like the fine hoe. She kind of seems to have fallen back from, like, a she's lot like of this a, lifestyle. And she had another she's like a baby good mom. and is just kind of, like, a ratchet social media mom. Yeah. Like, she's very ghetto, but in a way that's still kind of, like, oh, you're, like, a hood rat Pinterest, and I like it. Like, she genuinely loves her kids, unlike the pretty hoe who, like, didn't even know who they were. Like, yeah, who's never around her kids and like use them like as complete accessories. Yeah, so and would that's... like teach them to swear while like the fine hoe like screams at her son to get back into his car seat when they're in the car. <laughs> that's the fine hoe and the pretty hoe. You can find the fine hoe on social media. Yeah, I believe her Instagram is Issa Fine Ho. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she said I mean, that's I look like at... all that she could get with her name after she was locked up for so long. Like, a lot of people took, like, the Instagram names with Fine Ho to, like, document, like, what she had done. I look at her Instagram all the time. I I enjoy her. She's she's not bad. Like, if you just... She's also like, a good very pretty. Follow. She's very she pretty. She is. The pretty hoe is also, like, very lovely. Like, especially when she had, like, makeup on to cover her face tattoos. Yeah. It is just, oh, also, um, maybe I should mention this. I don't know if this will mean anything to literally anyone who listens to Feathers in My Hair, but the fine hoe is Trey D from, um, I'm like, why the fuck am I thinking NWA when it's not fucking NWA? But yeah, if you've ever seen like those hood ass LA movies, like The Wash or anything that was made in Inglewood that had Ice Cube in it before are we there yet like he's in all those movies he's the one like nigga with the freckles oh yeah and fine the fine has like freckles they're very like recognizably yeah he was in um what's the one movie pretty babe baby boy yeah yes 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 he is in the washing he's in baby boy yeah yeah so that's yeah she does like rapping and shit too if you want to hear that it's like honestly not the worst rapping that I've heard out of like people who are internet popular for other things so yeah just go check that out all right let's segue back to Janelle um basically in this episode Janelle is going to court and she gets unsupervised probation which means she doesn't have to do drug tests basically but the judge surprises her with an on-the-spot drug test and of course she fails for weed and she has to go to jail for two days. Did you notice Nathan asked her what came up? Yeah, I mean, but we know that she was, like, fresh off of that Cortland shit. And that Nathan, her relationship with Nathan and their first date to the abortion clinic and everything is mm-hmm. so strange. That I feel like if she was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, heroin's still in my system. He would be like, oh, yeah. That 100%. Works. He'd be like, Okay. <laughs> The whole thing um, was just so sketch. He was definitely along for the ride no matter what. He's like, ah, I don't have to do the heroin. Who gives a shit? Yeah. He's like, do you see this nice apartment I'm living in? I just got out of that last apartment that I was living in with a girl I didn't want to be with anymore. I'm raising her kid. Yeah, and now Janelle's paying everything. He, he had two couches. So, like, I'm up, baby. Yeah. He had been evicted a couple times. He was like he was just trying to ma- figure out how to make her spend that heroin money on him. Like that was the priority. And then like, you know, like eight months in, Nate was like, this was a bad choice. <laughs> like, I've I made like a almost huge everyone mistake. who's gotten with one of the teen moms has like felt that way. 
yeah. King, Andrew Glennon, like, Jeremy Calvert. Like, whoops, not worth it. <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah, whoopsie. Like, eight months to a year, and they're like, oh, fuck. I didn't know this isn't worth it. Yeah, bad idea. Oops. So after Janelle has to go to jail, Nate goes up to Barb's house. I'm not really sure why he goes there. And this is an iconic teen mom scene, though, on Tumblr. This was, like, reblogged five zillion times. Yeah, why he didn't just call her. But Barb is like, where's Janelle? And he's like, well, I've got bad news and I've got good news. The bad news is Janelle's in jail. The good news is she'll be back in two days. Yeah, like, and he also had, like, what did he have? Did he have, like, a A nice cafe in his hand? Yeah. So it's just like, way I guess you stop to eat your feelings after you found out your, like, new love interest is locked up. The way it's days, memed. You were like, let me go just, like, sugar and carb up. The way it's memed on Twitter or on Tumblr back in the day was, like, the bad news is Janelle's in jail. The good news is I had time for a latte. Yeah. Like, that's the one that I've seen reblogged yeah. a million times. Of him just um, walking through the door, frap in hand. Yeah, also I'm, like, a little confused by the timeline, because if she went right into jail, but then she gets out on Wednesday, like, they didn't go to, oh, it must have been a Monday they went to court, not Sunday. And that day, like, I don't know. But uh, Nate goes, you want to come with me to pick Janelle up on Wednesday morning at 9.30? And Barbara's like, I have a fucking job. Like, you know, that was peak, like, I have to go to work. Like, no, I can't. (laughs) hang out no, on and Wednesday. Then right after she said that, Nathan repeated, like, oh, you have work? Yeah. <laughs> Nate's like, oh, I've been quit my job. Like, now I'm Janelle's boyfriend. He was probably sitting there genuinely trying to figure out, like, why the fuck do you have a job? Yeah, like, we're all living on MTV, bitch. Like, what are like, you doing? The cameras are here, bitch. Like, that's why he always <laughs> felt like he could talk down to Barbara, because he thought she was legitimately, like, too stupid to realize yeah. that she had money now. Uh, Yeah. Barbara is very pissed about this and calls Chanel a little bitch. I was like, ooh. I mean, that's not shocking. This is post, like, my bitch of a daughter. That was, like, 16 and pregnant. Yeah, I guess I just haven't seen a scene where Barbara, like, speaks so harshly about Chanel in a while that I was, it, it was just like, oh, yeah. Like, she just used to talk like that. Like I had... This is, like, such a weird and random thing, but I had a friend who was from Rhode Island who Mm -hmm. used to be, like, so deeply triggered when I would watch Teen Mom and he saw Barb on the screen. (laughs) Because he was, like, she is just every piece of the lowest life New England trash that, like, I grew up around. And he just hated the lady. Like, absolutely hated her. And I think that, like, the fact that Barbara, like, she's not, like, a low life in the way that Janelle is, but like I mean, she kind of is. is like, Barbara's a fucking low life. Like, Barbara's white trash, like through and through. And like, not even like I know plenty of trashy people who are good people, but Barb like isn't like a nice lady or a good mom. Like, no. And the different and like the thing is like I feel like no matter even at my worst, like no matter how fucked up I was, like my mom would never have been like, well, she's a little bitch. You know what I, like, there's just something so deeply cruel about that language as opposed to being like, I can't believe she fucked up again. I'm so fucking mad at her. Like, even being like, fuck her. Like, fuck this. There's something, like, very pointed about calling her a bitch. I don't know why. 
I guess yeah. maybe just because my mom would like never speak to me like that, that it's like, ugh, that's just like such a level of cruel. I think the thing that gets me about it is because like, you know, not my mom is a wonderful person and a great mom in a lot of ways, but like I also am not crazy for no reason. Like it's very much an inherited trait. <laughs> and like my my mom has said like some wild, wickedly cruel things to me, but it's always been in a moment of like her in an anger fugue state. My mom has like a much sharper temper than I do, which is mm-hmm. kind of saying a lot. But like my mom is one of those people that goes full blackout rage mad when she gets mad. Mm-hmm. But like I've never gotten a like truly like cruel thing out of her in like a moment of like levity and clarity. And yeah. like Barbara was pretty yeah. damn calm and just felt really comfortable saying that. I think the level of comfort is the thing that gets it with me. Yeah, because you can't an... even hear me repeat some of the things that she said to me without wanting to like break down and cry. Yeah, I I get exactly what you're saying. I agree. There's just yeah, you're right. It's just it's such a familiar phrase for her. Yeah, and we've heard her call Janelle like a slut and just like hmm. all of this other stuff. And it's just like you're calling her a slut because she was getting groomed by like a 22-year-old man when she was 13. There were so many people on Reddit like defending that shit this week. Like, They're like, what's like, Barb oh, supposed well, it to do? Barb's fault. She did everything that she could do. And, da, 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 da. and it's like my, my mom was a single mother and like was emotionally there enough for me that I wasn't out here fucking like college graduates when I was yeah. in the eighth grade. Like, I mean, there's there's not excuses for that for me like I don't know I would also be very curious to have a real 100% guaranteed timeline of like the traumas in Janelle's life because I think they're a lot more than what we know like I don't think Janelle was putting like a molestation in her book but I would be pretty shocked if there wasn't one in her past you know what I mean like and if there wasn't, like, an early sexual assault. Like, Janelle just yeah, says, Janelle like... like Janelle is, like, is 100% of the type of person that's vulnerable to that kind of thing. To a certain extent, everyone is. But, like, I've worked with children for a very long time in my life. I've taken many, many child abuse prevention classes. And the first thing they tell you, like, it, it's not just, like, the demographic of, like, her being poor, having a single mom. But, like, Janelle is a kid with fucking issues she's a kid who gets in trouble at school she's a kid with like Mm -hmm. a short temper who like lies a lot like she fits the profile for somebody that like some Mm -hmm. nasty motherfucker in this world could do something to and like the people in her life wouldn't fucking believe yeah so it's like I don't know in my opinion if like if your 13 year old is not like fucking grown men like it's not about, like, what you can do in that moment to stop it. It's, like, let's talk about what you could have done when this kid was two and, like, start there. <laughs> because, like, shit's been going on. You know what I mean? Like, no 13-year-old wakes up and decides, like, to just start acting, like, so out of pocket. Yeah, and it's, like, just so many things. And people will always use the defense of, like, well, sometimes you do everything right and your kid still turns out, like, fucking crazy. And, it's and that like, is Okay, true. but life is a fucking numbers game. Also, like, Barbara didn't do everything right. So I don't understand why, like, whenever this comes up, people will bring that up. And that is accurate. Like, there are some kids that are just bad. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there are some parents who really do everything right. And, like, bad things just happen. And, like... But the fact is, like, Barbara isn't that parent. And I don't know why that's so hard for people to accept and admit. And nobody's saying, like, 
Janelle is a hundred percent like Barbara's a hundred percent at fault for Janelle. Like nobody's saying that, but yeah, Janelle no didn't come. Janelle is a hundred percent blameless for all of the shit she pulls because X Y Z happened to her. But like, I mean, people always like have these long ass rants about like why can't she just be a decent person? And it's just like this isn't the excuse, but this is the explanation. And then people are yeah. like, no, because she should be able to blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, well, yeah, like, I don't know. Employers should pl- pay their employees a living wage, but that's not the fucking world we live in. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah. She also, I mean, it, then she like says the rightful stuff where she's like, she's fucking up Jace's life. Although I thought it was interesting that she said she's fucking up your life to me. Yeah, like, has Nate's life become fucked up as a result of Janelle? No, Nate's life has become fucked up because he's a fucking alcoholic. Yeah, thinking about, like, just the net effect of Janelle on Nathan's life, besides the fact that he has a son who's being, like, you know, mercilessly abused at the hands of a swamp monster, that's Mm -hmm. horrific. That Mm -hmm. is absolutely horrific, but, like, overall, like, there really isn't much that Janelle has done to ruin Nate's life, because the stuff she's doing to ruin Kaiser's life is just Janelle being a shit. It really isn't about Nathan at all. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, I mean, Nate already had his two DUIs before he met Janelle. He already had multiple evictions. He already had been, like, discharged from the military. He already had a failed marriage. You know what I mean? Like, there was already, like, a million bad things then post Janelle is when he got the two back-to-back serious domestic violence arrests like those weren't with Janelle yeah those had nothing to do with Janelle no one told him to just be choke him up McGee all around like South Carolina that insane being Nathan episode had nothing to do with Janelle that was all Nate so yeah, Janelle was actually like wildly absent from the being Nathan episode yeah because because they had enough with just Nate being a fucking lunatic. He's so crazy. Nate and a- like, I really think that Nate and Ashley break up like all the time and fight all the time. And that's they why she goes. did this weekend and mm-hmm. somebody was like, oh, they're back together. And people were like, they broke up. And it's just like. Like a week ago, Nate had posted like something that made no, no sense <laughs> about how like, Ashley needs like. A- but the best for her. But like, I'm yeah, not that man. Yeah, with, like, weird words that made no sense. But, yes, that context. Then neither said anything, although I did notice that he wasn't on her Instagram at all until this weekend. And people are like, oh, I guess they're back together. And I'm like, honestly, I don't think they really broke up. Like, I don't think they break up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think they have, like, we're breaking up fights all the time. And then Nathan has to go, like, sleep in the guest bedroom. But, like, I don't think – I think they just fight a lot. Like, I find it hard to believe that they're not fighting all the time because Nate is still an active alcoholic. Nate's an active alcoholic, and Ashley, to be with him, is nuttier than squirrel shit. I don't give a fuck. She's in the same column as Lauren is for being with Javi. For me, Ashley's ten times worse. Oh, I don't know why, but – Because she's educated. She's educated. She's successful. And there's something Wait, deeply. So is Lauren, though. Lauren graduated from college. Like, oh, she's, well, she's doing this to herself. She, like, yeah, yeah. She chose to, like, quit her job and move to another state to be a stay at home mom for hobby. Insane. Absolutely insane. Imagine quitting your job with a college degree to be a stay at home mom for a guy that, like, never went to school and owns a fake CrossFit gym. True, true. But it, at least Javi doesn't have, what, six domestic violence arrests. <laughs> three DUI 
he's like yeah, no, Javi is like a psycho weirdo but like his like if I had to choose like yeah. I know I said being with Javi is a literal nightmare and I actually find Nathan to be quite attractive like much to Liz's chagrin mm-hmm. he I doesn't do for me at all Nathan is so cute like 10 out of 10 absolutely would bang Nathan Wait. but like I in the long run I have to go with Javi like I would be an absolute idiot to choose Nathan over Javi because Javi is a nightmare of a person and he might like give me VD but like he wouldn't choke me to death in my sleep all I know is like Ashley is so fucking psychotic she sent me a direct message to like say that Nate isn't an alcoholic <laughs> I like, never that. that. She said back to back. Like she I just really pulled it up. her feelings. I just pulled it up and cuz she was mad that I said that he had um like domestic violence charges and she was like FYI his charges were dropped because they found out his ex was lying. Double check. Oh my god, and that's how we found out that those fucking mm-hmm. charges were dropped. Like that really was like the big reveal for it. Yeah, and I said, Ashley, I hope you were able to stay safe in your relationship and that Nate is able to get his alcoholism under control. God bless. <laughs> she responded, we have been together over a year. If I saw any concerns, I would not be with him. TV only shows what they want to show. If the truth was out there, then the show would be shut down for many reasons. All of the cast plays a character. And I responded, I'm four years sober and know that no one has three plus DUIs and has to serve time in jail for DUIs and has no issues with alcohol. And I think you know that too. To be honest, you going to this effort to defend him on Twitter definitely gives the appearance that you know there is an issue. Even if you don't see it that way, it's how it's come off. But like I said, God bless. (laughs) She said, thank you for your concern. I cannot speak for Nathan prior to me. I can only speak on the last year. I defend him because he's my other half. You would do the same for your significant other. And I responded, I I said I did, and it was a mistake. I realized that everyone hated my significant other for a reason. It wasn't actually the world against us, but the world was right. When I got sober and matured, I realized I didn't need to be with a person that constantly needed to be defended. And she said, the only hate I ever see is on Twitter, never from real-world friends or families, which is the most people hide behind a fake picture just for that reason. Most people have their own insecurities and issues and use Twitter to outlet to deflect from their problems. And that's when I stopped responding because it got, like, too sad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the fact that you don't hear any feedback from your real-life family and friends is the scary part. Like, ooh, they think he's a good guy. Didn't she say that, like, there's a ton of, like, alcoholism and addiction in her family, though? Mm -hmm. I think her brother was an addict. Fuck your shitty family and what they think, bitch. Like, what? Yeah, also, like, imagine you are a substance abuse counselor, and somebody says to you, nobody goes to jail and for alcohol and doesn't have an issue with alcohol and your response is I can't speak to what happened before me (laughs) Uh, like what do they say about how the cobbler's kids never have shoes (laughs) yeah exactly it's that shit exactly so Nate oh Barbara is like she's fucking up everybody's life she's fucking up your life and then it's uh, time for Janelle to get out of jail and he picks her up with flowers and then outside the jail, they just hold each other and both of them cry. (laughs) It was 48 hours. (laughs) It was like one of those things that I watched and legitimately had no reaction to it because I was kind of like, what am I looking at? I was like, are they, is Janelle crying? I was like, Oh my God, Nathan's crying too. 
it would be one of those moments for me where like if I was on a show like my eyes would meet the camera for a second to be like are you guys seeing this as well like (sighs) of course Janelle is by the way how did Nate did Nate have a license at this point was this pre I guess this was before Nate's DUI his third DUI where he lost his license again because I wonder how he went and picked her up he probably just drove Without his license. Um, yeah, like I was about to say, like, you're such a law-abiding person. You're under the impression that you need a license to operate a vehicle. No, no, but they were usually pretty good about Nate not driving, like, on camera and on video. You know what I mean? Like, they were pretty obsessive about, like, not having Nate be caught driving by the public. That's true, but I think that was, like, after people were, like, more on Nate's tail Mm-hmm. I really yeah, yeah. think the like let's have a baby so we'll have less time to argue thing really had people like tuned in yeah so Janelle's like describing jail to Nate and Nate's like yeah I know it's like yeah Nate's been to jail and Janelle's like I just cried the whole time not because I was scared but because I was just so upset to be away from you and I was like yikes <laughs> like it is 48 hours <laughs> Also, that's not fucking true, Janelle. You were scared. Yeah, of course she was. So they get home and Nate, like, made a banner for her and is, like, setting up all this stuff. And as he's finishing setting up, Janelle, somebody tweets at her that somebody had sent her a picture of a conversation he had. And she's like, they just go from, like, we love each other so much to, like, I want to murder you in one second. No, you skip the best part where she's like, Nathan, come here. And he's like. (laughs) hold on babe doing some stuff and she was like no come here right now somebody tweeted me a picture of you (laughs) and he's like what and like the sing song stops and he immediately comes and it's like that's how you know he fucking did something because he was like wait what stop the tape yeah and basically this whole fight is because nate had talked on facebook to his ex one of his ex-wife's friends which there's so many exes and wives and hus- on this fucking show. Like, who yeah, are but these he, people? He said Allie, and I'm pretty sure Allie is his ex-wife, the mother of Emery. Yeah. And Nate, like, is like, no, no, I didn't say that. But then eventually, like, he says he did talk to her. Like, yeah, I, like he it was hard to follow. He backtracked and tried to, like, say, like, some weird shit. But Janelle is like, I'm mad because I was in jail, and the minute I go to jail, you start texting other girls. And it's like, yeah. Yep. She's like, I wouldn't even be so mad about it if it wasn't as soon as I went to jail. Like, <laughs> But it truly, like, that's exactly what happened, Janelle, and that shapes the rest of their relationship. Like, <laughs> That is the rest of their relationship. It's like just Nate cheating on her. Yeah, and Janelle being crestfallen every time. Like, we're supposed to be surprised by it. (laughs) So they have this huge fight, and Nate is like, you are insane. And she's like, real nice, real nice. And at one point, she's, like, hysterically crying. And then he he says something. He starts doing, like, his clap yelling. And then he, oh, he says, you're a freak sometimes. And, like, instantly she snaps out of it, and she's like, that's mean. Oh, yeah. It was funny because she was putting on one of those fucking EOS lip balms. <laughs> and she went from, like, I noticed that, too, because it was such a flip. And she, he was like, you're such a freak sometimes. And she's like, oh, yeah, that was real nice, Nathan. <laughs> like, she went from, like, full on, like, 
it. Like, ugh, that was mean. <laughs> but it was such a good fight. That's what Lady Rhonda said about Amber. Yeah. And her, like, anger that she goes from, like, that to, like, the other way. That's scary. Janelle and Nathan, like, I can't believe they didn't kill each other, to be honest. Like, murder-suicide. I really just don't think either of them was that bad at that point. Like, because Nathan was, like, still, like, fucking other bitches and stuff. Like, they weren't isolated enough for, like, something like that to happen, you know? True. But he was just, they just, like, hated each other. They really did. Like, it makes me, like, I don't, part of me always kind of wonders if Nathan is a little afraid of Janelle. Because he, like, we know that their relationship was abusive. Actually, no, he did break into her window that one time and choke Keith. Yeah. So never mind. He's not afraid of that bitch. He just, like, didn't feel like killing her like he did the other ones. Yeah, and he found Kiefer instead of her. Which, terrifying, because Kiefer is, like, you know, on the same order, around the same size as Nathan, even if he's mm-hmm. not, like, this buff and shit. But, like, Janelle is so small. She got a little neck. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah, that's it. Tomlin, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure, as always. I'm puffing on my jewel here in Massachusetts, talking to Liz Bentley, my favorite things. Uh, I'm so glad that you were able to get your jewel pods. I was really stressed about you smoking cigarettes. Uh, thank God that I live in Massachusetts and not California, because the quickest way to leave California is to, like, jump in the Pacific Ocean. But here, <laughs> you just have to go 45 minutes in any direction. Did they ban them in California, too? No, my friend is okay. actually sending me some from L.A., because you can still have them shipped there. Oh, right, but right. I, I went through so much. I had to, like, you. I couldn't use my account because my credit card is opened in Massachusetts, so I couldn't change my billing address to it's match so California. stupid. It's so stupid. It's so useless. It makes no sense. It's not going to help anybody. It's just going to have people smoking cigarettes. I just want to know when we can do this, because when Charlie Baker said on Thursday that he was banning Jewel, that shit was gone on Friday. Like, when is this going to happen with, like, assault rifles? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how quick it happens, right? And the fact that it's just the THC cartridges that are killing people, not even the jewels. It's so silly. It's so stupid. Yeah, and also, I want to say a personal fuck you to those people out there that are, like, denying using, like, THC cartridges and saying they only use nicotine stuff. Because either, one, you were buying fake nicotine, which, what kind of dumbass are you? In you're, no, you're, you're 15. nicotine juice. Means you're 15. Or, or, like, or you're just fucking lying because you don't want your mommy or your boss or whoever to know that you were fucking getting high. Like, stop being a liar. You're ruining it for everybody. Like, either way, Philip Morris is getting my money because, like, the tobacco industry owns Jewel. So, like, yeah. at least, like, let me let the tobacco industry get rich while I, like, keep my life, please. Agreed. Well, I'm glad that you're not smoking cigarettes and that you're smoking your Jewel. Definitely the better option. Fuck yeah. And in, you know, 20 years when they find like some real long term side effect of like vaping jewel, I'll be satisfied with that. Like, (laughs) I just want it grounded in data and like real empirical evidence. I agree. All right, Tomlin, thank you so much. Do you want to plug anything? No, Um, Tomlin's a private bitch. I actually like really am. Um, I would just say like, please get out in your community and just help the kids like Taylor Lewis and Janelle Evans that are in your life. 
Don't. Why are you such a good person, Tomlin? Because well, I fucking work with kids, and a lot of the Look times I see people get like so caught up on the kids that are on this show mm-hmm. and like wanting to save them and shit. But there are millions of eyes on mm-hmm. these kids. Like, go to your local mm-hmm. boys and girls club and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Like, be an important figure in a child's life. So true. People like crying themselves to sleep over Kaiser, and it's like, go fucking volunteer like anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, like, Kaiser has, like, at least he wears, like, underarm sneakers and has, like, food yeah. on his plate, even if it's, be- like, grits and bacon that's made by David. Like, exactly. there's something tangible that you can do in your community. So, you know, go do that shit. Tomlin, thank you so much. All right, everyone, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.